Before you guys listen to episode 49, I just wanted to tell you that the show is going to clock in at about three and a half hours. Unfortunately, we were abruptly cut off by the Blog Talk Radio service, so Kyle, myself, and Slick will try and continue the conversation um, for the movie segment during episode 50. Nonetheless, there will be a cutoff towards the end of the broadcast. I will add a recorded message letting you know that that is the end of the show, and you will get to listen to the Super Mario Bros. 3 Pipe Remix from ocremix.org. Enjoy. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Yo, what's going on? My Take Radio, episode 49, for Thursday, July 1st, 2010. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter II, Frets of Fury. The artist was Vertex Guy. You can download that or any of the other intro music from ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that number is 347-324-3541. Let me get into, before I get into the housekeeping, it has been a long fucking day. Um, Just to go a little into the real world of what happens behind the scenes at My Take Radio, um, I am in the process of moving to a new office, and as such, um, there was the looming threat of unemployment. Seems that that yours truly actually survived the guillotine and is going to a new location with a select handful of people, which is cool. Um, The process has been shitty from top to bottom, mostly because of poor management um, in terms of getting stuff moved, getting new systems set up, getting telephones set up. So yours truly has been playing the role of mule in terms of moving heavy furniture and a whole bunch of other crap. Needless to say, um, I actually got home, I'd say, 45 minutes ago and actually had to do show prep in 45 minutes. So if things are a little out of whack, um, that's the reason why. Um, You know, my my take radio, unfortunately, is not a nine-to-five job. So little things like this come up from time to time. Nonetheless, we're ready. We're one episode away from episode 50. I'm going to try and plan a couple of special things for it. You guys have rode the long ride in all the way to episode 50, so got to do a little fan service for episode 50 next week. I am contemplating possibly doing a uh, listener's choice, so to speak, and you guys can just, um, you know, recommend a couple of topics you want to discuss, and we'll cover it on the show, of course. It'll be a little bit of fan participation and just a listener's choice type of show. It's in the... 50-50 50-50 right now that it's going to get done, but of course, stay tuned to the My Take Radio webpage, of course. 
which is MyTakeRadio.com, or check out the Facebook fan page, and you can catch the news there or on the forum if you're a forum regular. Also, um, the ads, I am, of course, from now on not using the Google ads. There's one or two there right now. They're there just because I haven't found other things to put there. I am in the process of, and possibly deliberating on doing um, paid ad space, not for the hardcore supporters of the show, but for people that are similar in genre, definitely sell them a little bit of ad space just to generate some revenue for the site, which of course comes into my next project, which I have put on the fan page as well as on the forum. And that is a donation button. Basically what's been happening the last few months is there has been a lot of behind-the-scenes work going into my take radio. Um, I'm very proud of what I do. I enjoy what I do. And sure, there's no big payoff involved, but I feel that my, you know, my opinions are enjoyed by you guys and by a large, a large majority given the numbers we've been showing, which I'll discuss as I go through the rest of this housekeeping segment. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, doing all this is expensive. And don't get me wrong, the um, the Apple Store app is coming. It's already finalized. It's just a matter of getting some designs drawn up, and that's in the works. Uh, My Take Radio will probably be moving to a new host. I am hoping over the next week I will be doing some testing over the holiday weekend to check out the site on a new host. And with that said, um, that's going to be happening within the next few days. Of course, moving to a new host, the site's going to be a lot faster. There's going to be a lot more stuff going on. And as such, shit gets a little bit more expensive. But nonetheless, I, I believe in the show, and you guys seem to believe in it, so it's a worthwhile investment. And I'm proud of it, and that should be probably finalized by the show for the 8th, I am hoping. So with that being said, we're going to do that. So I posted, like I said, a donate button or merchandise to help generate some revenue. Um, it was pretty much a lot of people leaning towards merchandise, and I kind of gave a brief synopsis in the forum about the breakdown of how I do merchandise. Basically, for those that haven't been to the forum, which I don't know why you guys aren't there, but you should be, um, the breakdown for merchandise is pretty much the fact that you have basically, let's say for shirts, the shirt, you have to pay for the individual shirt, say it's three bucks. Then you have to pay for the amount of colors and whatever design you want to put. You have to make sure you have certain sizes. You know, you can't just sell all the shirts extra large because some people don't want to wear dresses. And the fact is that, you know, there's cost in that. So I'm deliberating doing some shirts. And of course, there will be some stickers which are going to be part of the giveaways. And I'm also going to use it in terms of a marketing tool to get the show more exposure. One thing in relation to that is the fact that the, the stickers and stuff like that, that stuff's just going to be regular stuff. But there's definitely going to be some tangible merchandise in the near future. Pretty much I am going to proceed with the donate button because you, the listeners, if you want to help support the show, you can see your money at work either with a faster site, better forum, um, merchandise moving along faster. So you guys will see a donate button. It's not mandatory. If you guys want to help out, I don't give a shit if it's 50 cents or a dollar. It all adds up, so you're going to start seeing that probably within the next two or three days. Now, of course, with that being said, I actually also started doing advertising. If you're on Facebook, which 99% of you are at least three or four times a day, so uh, 
I have actually gone into advertising the show with Facebook. I actually started, I did a Facebook ad for the show in order to raise awareness and to add more fans to the fan page. I can tell you right off the bat that it is working. It's a small expense that has to be made, but again, um, the fans have already gone from 131 to 141. That's 10 new fans in two days. Now, hopefully that will also translate to newer listeners, but it's something that helps, of course, raise awareness for the show. So the ad campaign is in full effect, so if you're on Facebook, you may see an ad for My Take Radio. Of course, if you do see it and you're already a fan, don't click it, obviously, but definitely help spread the word and the awareness for the show by pointing people to the ad or pointing people to the fan page. Last but not least, forums. Very active, good conversation in there. A lot of listeners. I've been looking at the numbers. I'm going to tell you guys right now, My Take Radio has crossed the 16,000 download threshold. It's already been downloaded at minimum 11,000 times from the web and iTunes, and it's already crossed into the 6,000 range on the Blog Talk Radio service. That's a lot of downloads, but again, participation is key. There's a lot of great conversation going on on the fan page and on the forums, so definitely stop in, you know, share your thoughts. I, I'm really not a horrible mod, so, you know, I, I'm, I, I, can, I let a lot of stuff slide in the forum, which is fine. You know, I'm really cool with that stuff. Just no porn, no, no silly shit. The rules are in there if you're unsure and you're not comfortable calling in. So with that being said, I think that's going to wrap up the housekeeping for this week. And um, let's talk about some of this week's topics. Fedor versus Verdum, we're going to recap that. Um, my guest this evening is going to be Kyle Davey from the Northeast Wasteland web- website. He covers a lot of the similar things that we cover, um, a couple of topics short. You know, he doesn't cover MMA and stuff, but he is knowledgeable in all aspects of the stuff that's covered on this show, so he's going to share some of his knowledge with us, um, educate you guys a little bit on Northeast Wasteland, and just hang out and shoot the shit about some of tonight's topics. And like I said, Strike Force. Definitely big with Fedor versus Verdum. That's going to be a, a great discussion. I really want to share my views with that because a lot of crazy shit went down. Uh, Jake Shields, his contract status, is a, we're going to discuss that. Chuck Liddell's contract status because that's really huge. UFC 116, which is this weekend. Um, if you don't have pay-per-view, it's going to be the biggest heavyweight fight ever. I'm surprised because I put a trailer for the, for the fight on the fan page, and not too many people responded, considering it's a huge fight, and everybody knows who Brock Lesnar is. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about WWE, some of the crap that they're churning out, the NXT angle, I want to get into that a little bit, uh, the MPD numbers for the games, there's some crazy shit that went on with that, uh, some Marvel movie casting news, including a final casting made for the new Spider-Man reboot, I'm going to give you the scoop on that. We're going to talk about Toy Story just kicking ass in the box office, and a couple of what-the-fuck stories, too, like Titanic 2. That's all i got to say, Titanic 2. I'll discuss that later on in the broadcast. And also Legos coming to the silver screen. I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy my thoughts on that. And with that being said, let's get right into MMA, and we're going to bring Kyle on as well. Kyle, are you there? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you um, hopping on the bandwagon, so to speak, and 
being a loyal supporter, and as such, you know, I wanted to have you on and have you share your thoughts on some of the stuff that's covered on the show. And, of course, um, before we, we get into that, just let the listeners know a little bit about Northeast Wasteland. Nothing? You there? Uh-oh, I think we lost Kyle. Let's see. Yeah, we might have lost him. Or he may be getting screened. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Nonetheless, before we bring him back, we'll talk a little bit about Strike Force this weekend. And I think he's good to go. Kyle, are you there? Hey, man, what's going on? All right, you ready to rock and roll? <laughs> yeah, I'm using Skype, so uh, if I cut out or whatever, uh, I apologize. But uh, I'm on a Mac, so uh, you can only imagine what that's like. Uh, <laughs> so this will well, be good. It should be fine. I mean, I use I use both computers. I'm not a, a, a Windows or a Mac loyalist, but I appreciate both for for different reasons. So I'm more than sure you'll be fine. Um, before we, I talk a little bit about MMA. Of course, let them know a little bit about yourself and the Northeast Wasteland website. Right on uh, Northeast Wasteland. Uh, it all started, uh, I think, uh, two years ago, three years ago. I, I started up a podcast with a couple of friends, and uh, it went horribly wrong. Uh, um, basically, uh, I ended up moving out of, uh, the apartment I was living in at the time, so basically it fell apart, so, uh, I was kind of out of the game for a while, and then, uh, listening to your show, and then, uh, of course the guys over at VGN, uh, a lot of inspiration from those guys, so I decided to start up, uh, a blog again, and, uh, WordPress, you know, as you know, is, is very easy, you know, to get your opinions out there, and then, uh, you know, I, I just thought I had an interesting take on things, I guess, you know, like you do, uh, just the no bullshit, you know, approach, uh, and opinions, and, uh, so far, so good, man, you know, uh, luckily, you know, guys like you promoting me and, uh, getting my name out there, it's, it's been, uh, pretty good so far. Well, have you been, you know, just to, just to talk a little shop, how's your feedback been now that the, the blog is in full swing and you kind of got a feel for what you want to cover? Well, I mean, it hasn't been uh, that bad. We've been getting a couple of emails. Uh, it's been a little slow on the comments uh, for some of the posts. Um, always is. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, you know, I honestly, like I was checking the views, uh, I think, this morning. And, uh, honestly, since I started, uh, I'm getting around, like, uh, quadruple the number of views uh, per day and then uh, per week on the site. So, uh, apparently, people like what I have to, to say or type or whatever. And uh, hopefully uh, I can keep that going, you know, keep the ball rolling, but we'll see. All right. So with that being said, let us um, let me do a little bit of a rundown. Of course, this past weekend, Strike Force and, of course, the rapist known as M1 Global co-promoted, <laughs> co-promoted Fedor versus Verdum. And um, I'm just going to run down the card a little bit. First off, um, Josh Thompson and Pat Healy was the first fight of the night. Really good fight from start to finish. Um, I like Josh Thompson. I'm a big fan of his. He ended up winning via rear naked choke. Um, I, I, there's really not much of note to, to that fight just because both guys, they fought their ass off. But Josh Thompson is a, is a great fighter, and he choked out Pat Healy at the end of round three. Uh, the women's title match was on the line with Christiane Cyborg Santos. She was fighting Jan Finney. Um, Jan Finney was actually on the MMA Gospel radio show a couple of weeks back. Um, I'll tell you what. That chick can take an ass whooping. <laughs> Cyborg, Cyborg whooped her ass 
for two rounds, and she just kept taking that, taking a beat, and then she got some shots in, but Cyborg is just an overwhelming girl. It's it's ridiculous. I pretty much equate her to Vanderlei Silva. She's Vanderlei Silva with a vagina, pretty much. Just yeah, whooping, whooping this poor girl's ass from start to finish, and um, it was funny because I, I saw that Jan Finney was on Twitter, and I had to message her and go, look, you took that ass whooping like a champ, <laughs> and, you, and you made a fan out of me. She didn't respond to it, but, you know, I'm more than sure. I'm more than sure she got a lot of different comments about that because she, uh, she had a huge mouse under her eye. Her face was bleeding. She had black black eyes. It was, it was ridiculous. It was a, it was a great fight, and, and she definitely made a fan out of a lot of people, and it showed that the women's, the women's MMA has such, a, has such a diverse and real hardcore thing. It's not just two chicks hugging each other for three rounds. There's, there's people getting punched in the face. This chick got kneed in the gut. Pretty much she, she lost via knockout because she took a knee to the stomach from Cyborg. So definitely no slouch there. Now, the problem is Cyborg is such a dominant champion, and there's really not that many women MMA fighters that can just go in there and, and, and fight with her that I don't know what she's going to do. There's a rumor saying that they're going to start bringing in some competition. They may hold a women's tournament. But honestly, if she doesn't have any more women to fight, she needs to start fighting some dudes. Yeah, because she might as well. Yeah, because she, Jesus Christ, man, I, she, she really knows how to, how to whoop somebody's ass decisively. It, it's ridiculous, but I was, I was very proud of, of, of how far the women's fighting has come along. It's a shame that Strike Force is such a, they, they do a good job promoting some of their fighters, but let me tell you a couple of things I don't like. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson is a piece of shit. He is the worst thing ever. He sits there, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Gus Johnson, and here we are. There are two women in here just fighting it out, and it's a slugfest. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, you are such a fucking hack. He's the worst shit ever. But what I wanted to ask you was, how, how, how are you, you know, I know you follow MMA. How do you feel about the women starting to get some equal billing? Well, you know, the thing about Cyborg, like, I, I respect Cyborg. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think she could kick my ass. I think I could take her. Good uh, luck <laughs> uh, with that. Yeah, I know, dude. I, I, she'd fuck my world up. But uh, I'd probably get a couple shots in. But, uh, and then leave crying. But, uh, you know, she comes to play. You know, she comes to, to fuck people up. And, it's you know, she's not doing fucking Maxim photo shoots or fucking, you know, talking to Stuff Magazine. She comes in there to beat somebody's ass. And, you know, you, you can't not respect that. She's a fighter. She wants to fight. Let her fight. And, you know, like you said, the, the herd is thinning. You know, I don't think the I mean, uh, what are they going to be importing, like, Russian, you know, steroided, you know, fucking gymnasts or something to fight her? Because, I mean, besides the beer, they got, you know, on the fucking uh, unicycle, I don't know who they're going to come up with to take her on, and they're, they're running out of options quickly. But, well, uh, you know, I mean, the, no, the, no, funny thing, the, the funny thing about that is that the, uh, there's another orga organization called Bellator. They actually do, um, they usually have their events on Fox Sports, and they have a very interesting way of doing things. Basically, what they like to do is they like to do basically a Tekken tournament, so to speak, a King of the Iron Fist type tournament where they get all the different weight divisions, each division has a tournament, and they fight their way through. And I, and I believe at the end they get a title shot or they get a, I believe it's a trophy. But what they're actually doing is they're going to be holding a women's tournament. And there's a lot of women's fighters in there. 
but the issue is that they're in, you know, they're in the wrong organization. Like Strike Force, they they had the balls to come up with a woman's belt, and you know, it's like, all right, we're going to make a belt. Okay, that's great. How many good women's fighters do you have? All right, uh, Sarah Kaufman, she's in a, a lower weight class. She got a belt. Okay, who's challenging her? Eh, I don't know. Oh, Cyborg and Gina Carano. Let's make a belt for oh Gina Carano because you know Gina Carano need need something pretty around her waist. Okay, she gets the belt. No problem. Then Cyborg just comes on the scene and just pummels the shit out of her, and now it's like she has no she has nobody. She's like, she really is Vanderlei with boobs. She has nobody to fight her. And, and it, it, it saddens me because they're really trying to make women's MMA more mainstream, and that's fantastic. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But the lack of preparation is definitely showing. And part of this, I, I feel, is happening because the UFC isn't involved. I think if the UFC had a women's division and they did a tough, uh, an ultimate fighter with yeah. women fighters, they would stack a division in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they just find talent. You know, I mean, uh, Dana White, you know, I, that's why, I, honestly, I, I follow UFC almost exclusively. You know, because Strikeforce, you know, Shamrock is just a fucking moron, in my opinion. You know, I mean, uh, apparently he's got some, you know, blood or fucking water in the brain or something. But that guy, you know, like you were saying with the, either the last show or the show before that, you know, you're talking about his comments about steroid use. It's like, dude, really? You know, you're the fucking front man. You're the figurehead for this fucking organization, and then you're gonna come out and say retired shit like that. Like, you know, you know that's what the people expect. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, oh my god. But then you have on the, you know, on the other hand, you have Dana White, and the guy just pulls talent. I mean, uh, you know, the true test is gonna see what he does with uh, Anderson Silva. You know, like the, because uh, the next guy is uh, Chael Sonnen, and then. Uh, I don't know who, who it's going to be after that, but then that's pretty much it as far as contenders for Anderson. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what Dana does if, you know, if he makes a move up to light heavyweight or, uh, you know, who he brings in, you know, who he recruits. But, like, I have no doubt that it's going to be interesting. You know, just like the whole Lesnar thing, you know, bringing in Carwin because uh, uh, 116 is coming up <clears throat> this weekend. And, you know, you talk about uh, – like a, a good match for Lesnar, I think, in my opinion, uh, I think Carwin is a good match for him because no one has really like, uh, no one's really stood with Lesnar. You know, I mean, Mayer tried it and got destroyed at it. You know, Heath Herring like barely got a couple shots off. You know, and so I don't, you know, Joe Silva and their matchmaking, like they just recruit and build talent. And you know, I mean, it's no wonder they're at the top of their game. But I mean, like you said, you know, if they if they try, if they brought that to like a, um, if they recruited female fighters, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, it must be something that, um, probably you know, Dana White's obviously interested in, probably, but I mean, he's he's probably worried that it's still kind of untested, you know, because like, like we were talking about, you know, you got you have Cyborg and then that's it, you know, so. Well, that's that's part of the issue. The issue is, and, and it's good that you reference the Lesnar issue. What happens is. Uh, if you go back, I'd say three years, the UFC heavyweight division was a joke. Yeah, exactly. And you know, all of a sudden, you get you get guys like right now, the the UFC has the most one of the most deep heavyweight divisions. Period. You know, you got Lesnar, you got Carwin, you got Mir, you got Cain Velasquez, who's going to be next, I think, in line for a title shot. Cain is a guys fucking like maniac. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. You got you got a lot of guys in there that. 
you know, you still got um, Nogueira in there. You know, Randy Couture, if he's bored and wants to go up to heavyweight, you know, it's one of those things where the heavyweight division is so deep, and Dana White, he he started getting good heavyweights, good heavyweights, good heavyweights, and then, you know, that crop came in, and they just started pretty much setting the organization on fire. And here's the thing. you got a guy like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the perfect poster boy for your or for your heavyweight division. And while I think as a person Brock Lesnar is a douchebag because I <laughs> met him and he, and he was an asshole, that I started really looking at him purely as an athlete. And yeah. the guy is not human. No, you know? he's, he's, he's a fucking he, superhero. He really, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a guy, he's a rare breed, and uh, that's what's happening. The new generation of heavyweights are starting to come in, and you're starting to get these bigger, mobile, faster guys that can come in and do serious damage. You know, you've got a guy like Carwin, he's undefeated. The guy, I like what one of the people put in, um, in the fan page, they said that he has C4 in his fists, because every time he hits somebody, somebody's getting knocked out. And that's good to see. You need to see that, because the fans like to see people getting knocked out. Don't get me wrong. People getting choked out is cool, and, and slams are always fun. But right. when you just when you hear fist to face, a pop, and, a, and, a, <laughs> and somebody taking a nap, you know, that, that's what people want to see. And, and the heavyweight division now, they got a, a heavy, heavy roster full of knockout artists. Brock I mean, look Lester, at Pat Barry knock- with the kick. Yeah, Pat, Pat, I mean, Jesus Pat, Christ. Pat Barry's an animal. I mean, his fight with... Um, with Crow Cop was a great example. There's such a stacked heavyweight division in there. You know, that Pat Barry, he's a guy that he'll heal up. You give him a, uh, six months to a year, he gets a couple of fights in, he's going to be a force. Crow Cop wants to keep his hat in there. He can still knock somebody out. Gabriel Gonzaga you still got in there. Oh, yeah. Anthony Hardock. You know, you, you, got, you got such a great heavyweight division. And not only that, but... Every season of The Ultimate Fighter, you get more and more talent. I mean, they're doing lighter weight classes now, but next time they do heavyweights, you're going to bring in more heavyweight fighters. Yeah. Kimbo, Slice, Kimbo Slice fought as a heavyweight. Yeah, Kimbo, too bad for that guy. But, uh... <laughs> but yeah, you Kimbo know... Kimbo Slice like... will be back, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty of barbecues, you know, coming up, so I'm sure he's going to get his exposure, you know, his streak right back up there. Uh, hopefully, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if Strike Force is going to pick him up, or if he does boxing, but I, I don't know. I think the guy should just kind of, just kind of drift away. You know, I, he, he tried it. It's funny. It's funny you say that, and and you know, a lot of people. I, I I have to disagree with you, and I'll give you three reasons why. You got a guy like Herschel Walker, older <laughs> guy, older guy, older guy, established martial artist, coming into Strike Force and fucking people up. Yeah, the guy he fought was a bit of a tomato can. But he still fought his ass off, so I give Herschel Walker props. Then, on the same token, you got James Tony, who talked a lot of shit. He's a, he's a legit boxer. He's coming into the UFC now because he feels he could come in and do some damage. The problem with Kimbo is that it, it's pretty much you, he, you can only fill the glass so much before it starts to spill over. Yeah. And what happened was... Kimbo Slice has a wealth of talent. The guy's humble, he's hungry, and don't get me wrong, he can knock somebody on their ass. The problem is he tried to absorb too much in such a short period of time. On top of that, Dana White said, you know, I'm going to squeeze the grape for all it's worth, and I'm going to get all the juice out of it. So, you know, you put him in a couple of cards, people watch. The minute he loses, he gets cut. 
which in a way I felt was unjustified because you kept a fucking guy like Keith Jardine around for a couple of yeah. fights, and, that, and now that he's lost and people are like, dude, he should get cut, he finally got cut. But Kimbo Slice, he lost. He, he beat Houston Alexander, and he lost to fucking Meathead, to Matt Mitrione. <laughs> it's like, you should have given him one more fight. You could, he could have fought on an undercard. He could have fought on an ultimate fight night and let him build himself back up. But you're tossing him right on pay-per-view. And, yeah, don't get me wrong, you know, you're, you're, you're getting that buy rate, which is nice. But on the same token, you're blowing your load on a guy that can pretty much, you know, get you some mainstream, more mainstream exposure because everybody knows Kimbo Slice. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a YouTube sensation. You know, I, I think it was a mistake to have him on The Ultimate Fighter. I didn't uh, necessarily agree with that decision that uh, White made. I mean, I know he, you know, he saw something in Kimbo, you know, whether it was like a quick hike in ratings or, or whatever it was, or pay-per-view sales or something, you know, just because he, he is well-known, you know. You say Kimbo, I mean, Christ, even my mom knows who Kimbo fucking places, which is, you know, as scary as that is. But, uh, you know, yeah, I just thought it was a mistake. I mean, the guy, it just goes to show, you know, if you're one-sided in mixed martial arts, I mean, that's why they call it fucking mixed martial arts. If you're one-sided, you know, you can have all the power in the world. But, like, the, the Mitrione fight, you know, he just, like, basically he almost made his fucking knee explode. You know, I, I was surprised that after the, the last one, he didn't just collapse and then just fucking cry, you know. But, uh, I, I don't know, I think he had his shot. But, I mean, uh, you know, like you were talking about, um, ah, uh, Christ, what was his name, uh, can't even think of his name now. Well, you, you're talking about Chucky, uh, a couple, uh, I think it was the show before last, uh, you know, saying that, you know, we as fans, we can't tell a guy to hang it up. You know, we've been uh, watching these guys fight, and, you know, whether they're legends or not, you know, what, whatever their records are, you know, we're not going to be the ones that are going to tell a fighter, hey, you know, stop fucking fighting. You know, it's going to be up to them whether or not they hang it up. And, you know, if Kimba wants to go to strike force, if he wants to box, you know, okay. But I think I really think it's just going to be the same of what we've seen. It's just going to be kind of a disappointment, you know. But my expectations for the guy were low anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, to a lot of people, they really – let me tell you, when he when he started fighting in, in MMA, I was really upset with the company Elite XC because they kept pushing him and making a main event. And it's not – and it, he just wasn't ready. But you know what? It's like anything else. If I tell you, hey, dude, I'm going to give you $50,000, you're going to be in the main event, and you've had one fight under your belt, you're going to look at it like that's $50,000 more in my bank account. You know, oh, yeah. and it's, it's unfortunate because he knows, and I believe in his heart of hearts, he's like, look, I have you know, a short amount of time left, so to speak, especially at a professional level because he's an older guy. So he's probably going to get it. He's, he's like, look, I'm just going to fight my ass off. And when I can't fight anymore, that's it. But at least I'm going to make my money. Yeah. And, and, I, and I respect that. You know, that's, that's the hustler mentality. And, you know, for a guy that's coming in from the streets that was so humble, because he was on The Ultimate Fighter Man, and he just showed an incredible, uh, an incredible amount of respect, class, talent. He knew he was going in there, and he was going to be overwhelmed immediately. But, hey, a, a true testament to him as a man, as a human being, is to go in there and say, hey, I did this. And I, and I gotta respect that. I mean, everybody's gonna detract because, you know, he's, he's fighting people at fucking barbecues, in airports, <laughs> in fucking alleys. But you know what? He's fighting these dudes and getting punched in the face with no gloves. There's no mm. rest there. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's like <clears throat> there, there has to be a, a bit of respect in, in, in regards to that. No, right but, on. Oh, I'm sorry. No, what I was gonna say was just to wrap up this Fedor Verdum thing. 
I know, um, you know, you don't like Frank Shamrock. He announced his retirement, and um, <laughs> he did. He announced his retirement from professional fighting um, during the Fedor versus Verdum fight. And before I, I discuss the last two fights, I got to say that that his whole retirement was the most awkward situation ever because he's standing there and he's like, um, uh, thanks, you guys. I want to bow to you and blah, blah, blah. And just a just a giant um, just a giant stroke job. It was pretty much him, him giving himself a verbal hand job. And don't get me wrong, Frank Shamrock, he, he's a good fighter. But it's like, dude, you're a 40-plus-year-old man with fucking braces. Why are you getting your teeth fixed at 40? Do you want to have a pretty smile when you're dead? Like, are you, like, like who does that shit? Wait, so they had the main event, and then he fucking he announced his retirement afterwards? No, he announced his retirement right after the Cyborg fight, and then right before the last two fights, <laughs> right in the middle of the show, which is the most awkward thing ever. It's like, look, man, you, you, they should just do a little video package. He'll, you know, stand up, wave to the crowd, and that's it. He had to walk into the cage and, you know, and hug everybody and thank a thousand people, and, this, and just a big verbal stroke job. It's like, look, man... At retirement in MMA should be quick and to the point. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, dude, you're retired. Beat it. Scram. It, it's absurd. But he gave himself the verbal stroke job. And then the next fight was Kung Lee. He was fighting Scott Smith. Um, for those of you that are, that are Tekken fans, Kung Lee will be playing martial law in the Tekken in the upcoming Oh, Tekken my game. God. Are you yeah, serious? Really? In that. Yeah, he's in that. If Holy you shit. Yeah the Tekken movie trailer, which I think might still be on the site if it hasn't been taken down, you can see he's actually going to be playing martial law. Oh, so my he, God. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's fighting Scott. He fought Scott Smith, and um, originally Scott Smith beat him, and everybody was like, oh, shit, you know, Scott Smith can whoop ass. But Kung Lee came in here and pretty much fucked up Scott Smith with the quickness. He, he started using some of his really awesome martial law-style kicks and just beat his ass. He actually ended up winning via strikes, uh, TKO in round two, because he caught him with a spinning back kick to the stomach. Don't. And Scott Smith pretty much doubled over, and he was dead. So, you know, Kung Lee, he ended up winning that. And then, of course, the main event was Fabricio Verdum. He was fighting Fedor. And, of course, when, you, when, when I mention Fedor, you automatically think somebody's getting pounded out. And usually that's the case, because Fedor is, you know, he's the man. But, unfortunately... This night was not Fedor's night. As it turns out, Fedor opened up with a flurry. He, um, he actually got Verdum down to the ground. He went in, tried to do uh, the, his trademark, you know, ground and pound offense. Fedor actually got caught in a triangle choke with an arm bar and got choked out by Fabricio Verdum. So Fedor officially has lost in strike force. And um, with that being said, the winner was supposed to be fighting Alistair Overeem, who's the heavyweight champion of strike force. Um, Verdum has beaten Overeem before. Everybody wanted to see Fedor versus Overeem. A couple of things, you know, before I get your take on it. Fedor is a very humble guy. His fucking post-fight interview was the most boring thing ever. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather watch flies land on shit. It was like, so how, does, how do you feel? And his, his, uh, his fucking gypsy, uh, fucking trans, his gypsy translator... She is an abysmal human being. If you look at his post-fight interview, you're going to be like, wow, that lady's like the worst. She really looks like a lady that should have been in Drag Me to Hell. Like, she was one of those. And she's sitting there, and she's like, uh, blah, 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 Fabricio Verdum. 
And then Fedor, he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And then she says, uh, you know, because Gus Johnson's like, so, Fedor, what, what went through your mind in that fight? So she, you know, she's like, blah, 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 blah. And Fedor just goes, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, Fedor said absolutely nothing went through his mind. It's like, what the fuck is going to go through his mind, you asshole? He's getting choked unconscious. You know what was going through his mind? Tap before I go. What kind of question is that? How does it feel? How did you feel about that? Motherfucker, my head was burgundy. (laughs) I was dying. So, you know, then um, she, you know, he said, what, what, he asked, you know, what's in the future for Fedor? So, you know, she gives her her long-winded diatribe to Fedor in Russian, and Fedor responds in like three words. And she, and Fedor pretty much says, he, he answered it like a fucking fortune cookie. He who gets knocked down must still learn to stand up. Or some shit like that. It's like, I, I stared at the screen like, are you kidding me, dude? Is he doing promos for the new Karate Kid movie or something? Or? Oh, dude, it was, the most, it was the most boring shit ever. And then, you know, Verdum is like, yeah, I want to fight Fedor again. And I looked at the, at the TV like, are you fucking insane? You just beat the most dominant fucking guy in the last ten years. And you want to fight him again? Fedor's going to go home if the Russian mafia doesn't kill him first. And he's going he's gonna to pour himself some stoli and look at the tape and be like, ah, yes, I should not have gone in and punched him in the face. That should not have worked. That was bad idea. Then he's going to come back and win by soul rape. You know, it's like, it's like why do you want to rematch with Fedor, you fucking moron? You won. Keep it moving. Well, it's going to be like fighting Drago, you know, he's going to be all, like, fucking roided up and fucking doing those, like, uh, computer fucking treadmill bullshit like a fucking Rocky. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something. The company, the company M1, pretty much Fedor's not in the UFC because of M1. Yeah. If you you watch that main, that that whole card, it says Strike Force and M1 present. Because the only way that Fedor can fight here in the United States for any organization is if they allow M1 to co-promote. Yeah, that's why Dan White told them to fuck themselves. <clears throat> exactly. Well, I, I, ironically enough, after Fedor lost, if, you, if you're on Twitter, Dana White's only tweet at 12.14, I believe it was, was a happy face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least Dana, he's talkative. <laughs> yeah, he, Dana White tweeted a happy face, which is hilarious. And, and you know, it's unfortunate that, that he took it humor in that, but here's what happens, and I can see where, where, why Dana White was laughing. Pretty much, Dana White is laughing because Fedor lost now, so there's no more leverage when the, when the, when the Russian mafia is negotiating with the UFC, because it's like, yeah, you know, we have the most dominant guy on the planet, nobody can beat him, blah, 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 blah. Now Dana White's like, fuck you, and you can keep him. I don't want him now, you know? I mean, if, if I do put him in the UFC, he has to fight his way through the top. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to reference some of, Fade, uh, some of Dana's comments about that later on in the segment. But overall, the card was solid from start to finish. Strike Force has shitty presentation. Gus Johnson is a shit dick. Frank, Shamrock, Frank Shamrock's braces are the most distracting thing ever. And Mauro Ronaldo has the worst glasses known to men. Period. All, other than that, the fights were great. And Strike Force, with all the money they paid Fedor, they could at least get them some intro music. It shouldn't be that fucking Ibiza Spain techno 
that everybody gets. That's why those poor fighters come out with headphones on, because it sucks. <laughs> come out with their iPods and shit. Yeah, they come out with their iPods, because it's like, all they hear is, I'm waiting for the fucking situation to come fist pumping out with them <laughs> when they walk out. It's, it's terrible. They listen to the Karate Kid soundtrack and shit, you know, they're all fucking ready to go. <laughs> oh, it was, it was terrible. But um, with that being said, you know, how do you feel about Fedor now that he's lost? You know, his, his mystique is gone. His aura is broken pretty much. What now? But you know, everyone's streak comes to an end. I don't care who the fuck you are. You know, it, it can't go undefeated forever. We saw that with Machida. Uh, you know, I, I knew after that decision uh, win he got over Shogun, which I thought was fucking bullshit, uh, I knew Shogun was just going to come back with the fucking quickness and just beat his ass, you know? Win or lose, he was just going to come in there to fuck him up. And, you know, people are just gunning for you. Like Anderson Silva, he's going to fall, you know? Sooner or later, it's just going to fucking happen, you know? And it's going to be big. Just because, you know, his, his name's out there, just like Fedor. But Fedor, he's... I, I think he's fucking... He's Vladimir Kozlov from the WWE, honestly. Like, they have the same fucking personality, the same fucking crazy look in their fucking face. I mean, Kozlov's fucking smiling and laughing around and shit, but, dude, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll... Like you said, the next fight, I kind of feel sorry for that guy because, you know, Fader's just going to come out there and go, listen, you know, there's a reason why I should be fucking champ. There's a reason why I should know my name. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think he's going to, hopefully he'll bounce back and learn from it, you know. It, you know, just like uh, I was watching that, uh, I think the, the pre-fight thing with uh, Pat Barry before uh, he fought Mirko, he was talking about, you know, your first loss, you know, it's a wake-up call. You know, it's after that, then, you know, you're full, you're, fully ready to just start winning again. So, I don't know, we'll see. I, I think he'll bounce back, but, again, I don't watch Strike Force, so I, I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. The, the thing with Fedor is that the one loss that's on his record was because he got a cut, and in Japan, sometimes if you get a cut a certain way, they stop the fight. So, basically, his loss, so to speak, wasn't a, a loss. In was all it like a no contest or something they ruled it? Yeah, they ruled it a no contest, but, you know, it, it, it goes in the loss column. Fedor basically never lost, and not for nothing, that's a huge amount of pressure. And, it does, you know, it's like he probably said to himself, you know, is today the day? Yeah. Like, is it today? And, you know, he fought for Doom, and that was the day. I mean, he'll, he'll come back, and he may come back and just beat down 20 guys for the next five years after that, but you know what? You, you lost, and people are going to remember that. Now, in moving away from Strike Force, um, I just want to go through some MMA news. Uh, Spike TV officially announced that they're going to have actually a live telecast for the UFC 116 weigh-ins this Friday, July 2nd at 7 o'clock. This is going to be the first time that the, the weigh-ins have been televised. That's how you know UFC 116 is a fucking problem when the weigh-ins are being <laughs> televised. The fucking weigh-ins. Joe Rogan screaming into a microphone, coming in oh my god it's fucking brock lesnar you know it's like it's it's 30 minutes like they make the fucking the weigh-ins like a rock concert so the fact that they're broadcasting the weigh-ins is a huge step in the right direction just because it's starting to show that people really they'll watch anything and spike mm. tv says you know all right we're gonna put the weigh-ins on because people are watching the prelims the prelims are some of the most highest rated prelims that they put up you know, 3 million people will be watching it, and then they'll order the pay-per-view. So the UFC is making money hand over fist. So for you to broadcast the weigh-ins 
which are just going to be them walking up to the stage, <laughs> stepping on a scale in their underwear, and flex, flexing for the camera, and then standing face-to-face with their fists up, and, you know, shaking each other's hands. Occasionally, you know, somebody will push somebody at the weigh-ins or something, but other than that, you know, it, it's fucking like, Brock Lesnar, 265 pounds, holy shit, you know, like, like that's it. It's just Joe Rogan screaming into a microphone uh, for 30 minutes, and people standing on the scale, but... You know, I'm more than sure they'll probably spruce it up a little bit since it's going to be broadcast. God, I hope so, because I, I don't want to fucking watch, you know, Brock Lesnar in his underwear staring at fucking Shane Cowan's eyes intensely and shit, you know? Yeah, you know, Brock Lesnar will be shaking because, you know, his head is the size of a peanut. If, <laughs> actually, if you look at Brock Lesnar, he is actually exactly like Pinhead from Puppet Master. If you've ever seen Puppet Master, you know that there's a the guy with a little yeah. head, huge body? That's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Pinhead is, he's Pinhead from Puppet Master. That's who Brock Lesnar is. He, he should be running around with Blade, Leech Woman, and Six Shooter. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> he really is a, a fucking strange human being. Oh, I, I think he's pretty honest. You know, like he just came out and said, you know, I'm here to make money. You know, so uh, put all that wrestling shit aside and I get a better offer and uh, I'm going to fight to uh, pay the bills. So, uh, I, I respect it. I mean, when he was dissing the sponsors and shit, you know, trying to pull that fucking... Oh, he, could, he tried to cut a promo. That's what it was. Yeah. It's, it's like Hulk Hogan. It's like if Hulk Hogan fought an MMA. You know, brother, maniac, <laughs> brother, we're going to come out, brother, and put him in a triangle choke, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, my hairline. You know, like, that's all it's going to fucking be. So, Brock Lesnar came out there, and he's like, all right, let me stick with what I know. And he came out, oh, yeah, fuck Bud Light, fuck this, fuck that, I'll fucking kill anyone. And everybody was like, dude, that doesn't work here. Like, you know, he was excited. And, I, and, a lot, and, you know, don't get me wrong, he fucked up, and Dana White probably got in that ass. But, you know, when I saw, when I saw him cutting a promo, I said to myself, this is not going to end good. That's just yeah. the way it is. It's like, you know, he, he hasn't gotten – now that he's been fighting in the UFC a while, he's kind of gotten the gist of how to talk shit correctly. See, like yeah. Rampage. Rampage will be like – yeah, man, there's going to be some black-on-black crime. I'm just going to go and punch him right in the face. And, you know, that you hear that, and you're like, that's fucking hysterical. Brock Lesnar, it's like, you know, I'm going to stare into the camera and clench my teeth and go, I'm going to fucking kill you. No, dude, that doesn't, that doesn't sell a fight. Shit-talking sells a fight. Frank Mir wishing death on you sold a fight. Yeah, that was even fucking though, Even though that was wrong, too. That was wrong, too. But when you said to yourself, Brock Lesnar's not even acknowledging him, it's like you're going to die. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. He went in there, and he beat Frank Mir like Frank Mir stole his money. Well, it's funny, because he kept making, and he kept fucking with uh, Lesnar about his rabbit punches from the first fight. And I'm like, you know, Mir, I, I'd shut your fucking mouth, because now the guy's just going to fucking pull back and haymaker your ass. And then he gets him on the fucking ground and literally just pulls back, waits for it, and then fucking just drills the guy. And then it was the second round, he was like, oh, your, your other side of your face is clean. Let me work on that shit. They're just like, yeah, yeah that's, that's what shit talking gets you, you know? Yeah, beating, beating him with those canned hands he calls fists. But the funny thing is, you know, we were talking about Strikeforce, and i got to jump back a little bit. They actually released some of the payroll for Strikeforce, and check this out. Fedor, for one round of work, made $400,000. Jesus Christ. Fabricio Verdum, who beat Fedor... Only made a hundred grand. Wow, seriously? Yep. 
And then Scott's uh, Kung Lee got a hundred grand. Scott Smith got fifty-five thousand dollars. Cyborg got thirty-five thousand dollars. Plus you got, and that included a fifteen thousand dollar win bonus and a five thousand dollar champion bonus. The the girl she fought, Jan Finney, got paid six thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! I mean, that was just like the the little nod fight with fucking um, uh, was it Jason Brills? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, fucking uh, Nogueira made fucking one hundred and twenty, and then fucking uh, Brills made like forty, I think, if that. Yep. And it's like, Jesus, dude, seriously. And I think Brill should have won that fight. Anyway, quick aside. But, uh. Oh yeah, that was that was fucking horseshit, which is true. But um, in a little, in the last bit of Strike Force news, Jake Shields got released from his contract, and of course, it's pretty much inevitable that he's going to the UFC. He's he's talking all this shit that he wants to come in at 185 and fight Anderson Silva. Oh, it's God. like, like get the fuck out of here. You're not that big of a dude, and you yeah, you know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and that's great. Um, Anderson Silva knows whoop your ass style, pretty much. He's going to dance around. And then he'll around. laugh at you while he's doing it. Exactly. So Dana White said that if Jake Shields wants to come into the UFC, he's got to come in at 170. He's oh, got to wow. come in at he's got to come in at 170. He said it in the press conference today. He's like, all right, yeah, we'll probably sign. He's like, you know, he didn't uh, he didn't confirm it, but pretty much he's he, it's guaranteed he's going to sign Jake Shields. Hmm. God. And also, uh. no, go ahead, man. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, like we were saying before about, you know, getting your name out there and stuff like that, you know, with Silva and um, Kimbo and shit, and even Fedor, you know, it's just like, you know, these guys that, you know, it's, it's yeah, you know, we expect that, you know, for a fighter to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the fucking top, I, mean, I don't give a fuck who has the belt, but whatever, but it's like they're using Silva as like a buzzword, like, fucking, I'm going to come in there and beat his ass, really, you know, show me. Show me then, you know, uh, enough fucking, you know, I'm going to go in there and fucking own him and all this other bullshit. You know, fucking talk with your fighting, you know, I mean, honestly. You're right. I mean, it's crazy because these guys are sitting there, and, and this leads me to the next thing. And it was funny that you mentioned uh, uh, Little Nog because he's rumored to be fighting Rampage next. What the? Why? Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, he's either he's gonna fight Rampage either at UFC 120 or 121. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, how it's funny how these you know the, they come, these fights come out of nowhere. So, you know, Nagara was originally scheduled to fight Forrest. Forrest got hurt. Yeah. Rampage Rampage lost to Rashad, and now they're gonna pair Rampage to fight Nog. It's gonna be ridiculous. I I, I love Rampage. He's awesome, but. Nogueira's Nogueira. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jason Brills actually tested him and kind of put him on his ass a little bit. So if Rampage comes in there motivated and he's got that ring rust out of his system, he may actually he may actually take that fight. But I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. They should they should just put the fucking two losers together. Just put fucking Brills and fucking Rampage in a fight, you know? Because then you know we've already seen what Brills can do. And I really think you know with, with the the rust we saw on Rampage, you know, against Rashad. Which, you know, granted, you know, the hype was fucking huge. You know, I, I knew, I know you were excited, and I was fucking, you know, black on black crime, man. You know, how can I fucking turn that down? But, you know, it, it just became like a, you know, when he just couldn't finish him, it was just like, fuck, man, are you serious? This is how it's going to fucking end? Um, just little nog and fucking rampage, seriously. Like, at least fucking Brills has like a, a, he's more well-rounded, but I don't know. It's just, uh, I find that fucking retarded. I, actually I don't know what agree. they're thinking. I actually agree with your rationale. I think that would be good that, 
you know, to move up the rankings, you pair the losers from the other fights to fight each other. And you might as well. I agree. That's actually a really good. That's actually a really good way to help solidify rankings. It's like, all right, you are in contention. You are second in contention. You both lost. All right, you fight each other, and the and the guy that wins moves up. That's actually a really good rationale, and I think it would help. It would really help, um, you know, uh, clean up the division, so to speak. Because sometimes you see some of these guys that are getting title shots, and you're like, that guy's getting a title shot from where? But yeah, you know, it's just I don't understand why they don't do that. You know, just fucking pair up, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, Brills is weak, and I'm not, I'm certainly not saying Rampage is weak, you know, the guy has had fucking insane fights, man, and he's definitely proven himself, you know, but whether or not it's Ring Rust, or he's fucking distracted by his shitty movie career, or whatever the fuck he's got going on, um, it, I don't know, like you said, that would help kind of reinforce, like, these are the top guys, and then this is the fucking ladder, you know, fucking more combat style, I don't give a shit, you know, work your way up, and then get your name out there. But it's just, see, like, uh, like fucking Little Nog and fucking uh, Rampage, I I don't uh, I don't get it. I, I don't see the, the point in that. Well, the last few bit of MMA news, Dana, Dana White during the UFC press conference today pretty much um, put put the, the, the nail in Chuck Liddell's career. He pretty much said that, you know, Chuck is done, and he said he really doesn't want to let Chuck fight. And he says... Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with him tonight and tell it how, tell it to him like it is. And he said it. He's not he's not concerned with Chuck in terms of his fighting ability because he knows Chuck can fight, but Chuck's chin is taking a lot of fucking punishment. Yeah. So Dana White said that you know if he wants to go fight somewhere else, he can. You know, Dana White said if he asked me for his release, I'd release him, but that's not what I want. Not for nothing, Chuck should really he, he should. Get one more fight. I think Dana should give him one more fight with Tito Ortiz. And after he fights, win or lose, he should retire. The guy's a great ambassador for the UFC. He's a name. Let me tell you something. When, when, when I saw a kid for Halloween with his head shaved into a mohawk with <laughs> Iceman shorts on, you know you've transcended the mainstream. Okay. Period. Well, you know, and I, and I hate to make a shitty fucking pun, but uh, honestly, do, do you think... Dana White, uh, he beat him to the punch. You know, like, uh, do you think Chuck just basically told Dana White, like, you know, fuck you, I'm just going to keep fighting. And then Dana was like, oh, really? And then just fucking pretty much put the stamp on it. Like, do you think it was, because uh, I, I know they're close, you know, they're, they're boys. And I just, I don't know, I kind of find it weird that, you know, Chuck wouldn't just come out and go, listen, you know, I'm fucking done. You know, uh, like I said, with the Tito thing, you know, the fans obviously want to see the Tito fight, especially after fucking Tito pussied out in that uh, Ultimate Fighter fucking... It wasn't even a debacle. It was just a fucking letdown. And uh, and he, Tito went into the Ultimate Fighter knowing he was going to have the neck surgery too, which is just fucking unreal to me, you know, just to puss out like that and shit. You know, he should have just said it right from the fucking beginning, you know, instead of having it be a big letdown. But, you know, I, I don't know, I just kind of find it weird that Liddell didn't come out himself and do it, you know, that Dana just kind of fucking stepped up. And I know, he, you know, he's the figurehead of the UFC, but I don't know, it just seems kind of weird. You, you might be onto something. I, I'm more, uh, according to what Dana White said in the, in, in the press conference today, he said that they were going to have a conversation tonight. So something tells me that maybe at UFC 116 after it's all over, maybe Liddell will announce his retirement. We'll see what happens this weekend. But also at that press conference, um... They asked Dana White about Fedor, and um, he pretty much he, – he said a few things when he was asked about it, and he said, 
first when they asked him about signing Fedor, he said, now that he loses, now they want to say, okay, now we'll come over because he lost. And Dana White pretty much said, I'm done playing games. Hmm. And um, in regards to the loss, he said, honestly, when he lost, you guys know there's been times when I have animosity with guys and you lose, and I'm like, ha-ha, all right, there you go. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I didn't really have any of that towards Fedor. In my opinion, the media pumped him up more than anything. When he did the fight, they were far from selling out. They did under a million dollars. They had 400,000 people watch it on Showtime. It's not like anybody's really clamoring for him to come to the UFC. Um, I kind of disagree with that because even in in Fedor losing, that's still a name. Like, if you did, put it like this. If Carwin beats Lesnar and Lesnar loses, I mean, you know, obviously, if if Carwin beats Lesnar, the loser should fight Fedor if the UFC comes in. And you'll still get a, a money fight. Hmm. Fedor should come in, fight Lesnar if he loses, or fight Carwin if he loses, and then Kane, who's getting the next shot, should fight the winner. That's all. And yeah. then whoever wins from that next fight gets a, gets a title shot. And that's it. it. Like you said, it goes back to what you were talking about, about the loser should be matched up with the losers. Like, if you bring Fedor in, you should, you know, all right, dude, you lost. Yeah, it was in another organization, but you lost. You know, you're going to fight the loser of this fight. Put it like this. You should fight the guy that lost to Cain Velasquez, Velasquez beat, and then you should fight Lesnar or, or Carwin, whoever loses from that fight. That's it. There are your two fights, and boom, title match. Yeah. You're still going to get money. Oh, they're going to make fucking bank. I mean, I mean, Cain definitely deserves a fucking shot. And, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, who the fuck else is uh, – Fader going to fight or it's going to, you know, challenge, you know, because I, I think Kane, Kane, I think Kane stand, stands a better chance to beat either Lesnar or Carwin. The guy is well-rounded. He's fucking quick for a, a, a guy of his uh, weight class. And uh, he's just a fucking pit bull. You know, he just goes in there to, you know, fuck people's worlds up. Um, but yeah, yeah. Pairing up the loser with the losers, yeah, I, I totally agree because it keeps it fresh and it, you know, it keeps it rotating, keeps those uh, those names in people's heads. But you know, on the same thing, you know, I don't want fucking Fedor coming over and then he's gonna fight like fucking Houston Alexander or fucking Chicago or you know some bullshit like that. You know, even I don't know, fucking throw a mirror at him to get his ass beat because I always like enjoy watching that. So <laughs> poor Frank Mir, everybody. You know what the problem is with Frank Mir? He's such he's such a he's such a meathead. He has such a douchebag mentality. But he, he he generally seems like a nice guy. And on the contrary, if you want to hear something crazy, he's contemplating coming down to two hundred five. Really? Yeah, he's coming down to two hundred five. So not for nothing, if he comes down to two hundred five, he'll be a problem. You know, because you guys you got Rashad, you got Rampage, you got Little Nog, you got Forrest, and then you throw Mir in that mix. Yeah. That's that's a stack. That's a good division. Like Mir. But like this, Mir and Shogun alone would be worth seeing. Yeah, you know, I, I have no doubt about Mir's, uh, you know, his, his his speed, his quickness, and uh, you know, his uh, BJJ skills. But um, I think that would be a smarter move for him because he, he can't keep taking the hits that he's taken, you know, in the the heavyweight uh, division. Because we've seen it; he's just gotten his fucking ass beat. And you know, when you have a guy, you know, that's as big as fucking Lesnar, you know, just sit on you and fucking pound your face in. You know, for for fucking you know two five minute rounds. You know, yeah, I, I'd fucking think about changing weight classes too. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, 
that's pretty much going to wrap up the MMA. I'd actually take a commercial break, but I actually removed all my commercials. So let's just go into wrestling because wrestling is a fucking catastrophe anyway. Oh, my God. And, um, well, <laughs> you know, I'll pretty, much, I'll pretty much talk about Raw first. Raw was hosted by Rob Zombie this week. Rob Zombie's appearance on Raw was all of five minutes. Yeah, what um, the hell was up with that? Well, what's happening is that the guest host formula is running its course, and you know what it is? If you do a host weekly, that means you've got to line up 52 assholes to come on Raw. Yeah. Half of them, half of them don't know wrestling. Half of them have no, need, have no desire to be there, and the other half are just promoting other shit. So what they ended up doing was there's a rumor that they're going to do hosts now every other week. Oh, okay. So, you know. Oh, that, wait, so that, that, that means we're going to have the fucking mystery GM bullshit? Fuck, oh, God. Oh, my God. Well, the mystery, the mystery GM, it, I, here's the three reasons why I don't like the mystery GM. Initially, I felt it was a great concept. But what's going to happen is every time you have to wait for an email from a GM, oh. it's like, it's like <laughs> they, you know, Michael Cole, oh, I got another email. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? How about, how about the GM appears on screen just as a shadow, and they use the voice modification song, you know, a voice modification thing, and he just says the, makes the announcements. Fucking emails are stupid. It's, it's like a punchline to a fucking joke. You know, like, Seamus is out there, and he's fucking, hey, I'm, you know, fucking Jar Mayonnaise and all this shit. And then fucking Cena comes out, and he's like, hey, you, yeah, you're a fucking Jar Mayonnaise. And, uh, you know, they're being interrupted back and forth. It's like, well... By the fucking, by the fucking email, by the fucking... Yeah, they're like, whoop. fucking, well, what if we did have a match? And then fucking, fucking faggot Cole gets up there, and he's like, oh, well, I just gotta fucking... Which I think Cole is the fucking, you know, spoiler alert, I think fucking Cole is the, is the actual mystery GM just sending it to himself or whatever from the whole, uh, like, the, the whole... When NXT, NXT was about NXT. to, like, first... Um, so, and, and hopefully that'll work to get uh, Daniel Bryan... I think that was his. Uh, is that his real name, or is that his? Uh, um, that, his Brian Dan, Brian Danielson is his real name, but of yeah. course, you know they uh, they got to make up their own names, uh, you know, because WWE wants to own everything, including your fucking your hair sample and your fucking shit. So you know they had to pretty much change his name around. Everybody knew who he was, and you know his whole firing was total bullshit. I could go on a rant for that too, but. The fact of the matter is, the mystery GM thing sucks. It's like, at that rate, why don't you just fucking play you this shit? You got mail. It's like, yeah. why don't you just play Ugh. that? It's fucking horse shit. It's like, bloop. Oh, fuck. Oh, we got another email. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how about let's, you just Let's bring have... this show to a screeching fucking halt. You know, it's almost like um, that fucking bitch was a uh, Guerrero there with the fu- Vicky with the fucking excuse me shit. Like, it just, exactly. it, it hits that part of your brain, and you just want to punch your fucking baby. Like, it's just, let me watch the fucking show and get it over with. Please, God. You know what the, What they should, like I said, it should just be a black screen, and whoever's the GM, <laughs> and it's just like, it should just be fucking Jigsaw, like, hello, <laughs> Tonight, tonight's main event is going to be Triple H fighting Sheamus in a uh, mayonnaise on a pole match. John Cena will be your special guest referee, and everybody will be like, wow, who is that guy? <laughs> You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's one of those things where it sounds good until they execute it. Like probably somebody said, "Hey, you know, it'd be an awesome idea. Why don't we have like a mystery GM, like fucking Doctor Claw and Inspector Gadget, because they all write fucking they all write TV anyway." And somebody said, "Hey, that would be great. I got an idea. Since everyone hates Michael Cole, why don't they just email 
the stuff to the laptop at his desk. And then you know what the worst part is? They put the laptop on a fucking pedestal, and Michael Cole has to get up and put on his old man glasses. Yeah. And stand up there and go, the GM says blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, my God. It, it's just, it, it sounded good until it, they, they started just overdoing it, like 17 emails into the show. And then the NXT thing, the NXT thing I enjoyed. I liked that they came out and they beat everybody's ass. They destroyed the set. They whooped John Cena's ass. You know, Daniel Bryan spit in John Cena's face, which was pretty cool. And then he choked the announcer, which is why he got fired. Yeah. Because, you know, it brought, you know, it didn't fit with the PG, um, with the PG demographic. But first off, you, you've watched wrestling. You've seen diva matches. Is oh, there my anything God. PG, is there anything PG about the diva matches? You know, it, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, There's I, 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 I don't know where the fuck to begin with you on that one. It's just fucking, I don't understand the point of them. I really fucking don't. Like, I mean, you have Gail Kim in there from TNA, who's like a, a talented athlete, and they just fucking, no, but who takes her out is fucking like uh, Maurice, or whatever the fuck her name is, with the bleach blonde hair and shit. And they got fucking, you know, Kelly Kelly and fucking whoever. It's just, fuck, it's just a fucking shit show. <laughs> well, you know, you know the, the funny thing is, that, that women's wrestling, like, TNA had a really great women's roster, and then, you know, the whole shit with Hogan, you know, brothering it up with, with Bischoff, you know, yeah. TNA's women's wrestling took a dump, and then a lot of their talent started leaving or getting fired. So, you know, they're just focusing on the beautiful people and Angelina Love and blah, blah. You, you want to know why? Because, you know, 14-year-old boys, that you know, the PG demographic, they want to look at tits. That's what that is. I mean, I, I'd rather have talent. You know, at least TNA, you know, had fucking ODB, you had fucking Awesome Kong, you know, you had Gail Kim when Gail Kim was on. You even had, um, oh, shit, I can't remember. She was in the WWE before. She was the chick with the spider. Uh, oh, the, uh, Victoria. Yeah. You know, even she had fucking talent, and they're just like, no, we're just going to go for fucking, you know, chicks with fucking fake tits, and then that's it. They, Which, hey. They got to go, go, blo- go for blondes and boobs. Which, hey, you know, it works. It works, but I mean, ugh. it's just fucking weak. You know, WWE or McMahon, you know, it he's, they're fucking slow. You know, like like NXT, like you were saying, you know, they come out, beat everybody's ass, and fucking destroy the set. How many fucking times on Raw do I have to watch this, honestly? Like fucking, ooh, there's a crazy, you know, there's like a, a moment of pause in the fucking match. I wonder what's going to happen. And then they fucking come out, like fucking steamboats out there. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder who's going to get their ass beat next. And shocking fucking NXT comes out. And the thing about their fights, too, I don't know if it's like the... I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily going to say that they all lack talent but or personality or just fucking a soul. But some of these guys, like, it's just fucking drawn out. You know, it's like, go in there, beat somebody's ass, and then leave. You know, like, okay. but they're, like, fucking tearing up the ring. They're fucking choking people out with ties, you know. And then they just, like... It looks like they don't know... Like, they... Like, they made the big mistake of going, all right, guys, just wing it. Just go out there and just start beating some ass. So they go out there, beat somebody's ass, and then literally they, they walk around aimlessly looking for someone else to fucking beat their ass, and then they're just yep. like, oh, I'll just go back to this guy. And it's like, all right, it's been a fucking hour now. Can And then it just, like, ends. Like, sometimes when, when uh, a couple times on Raw where they just ended the show on the NXT brawls, and it's like, okay, so it's... <laughs> That's not really a cliffhanger. That's just fucking not ending, you know, not wrapping shit up, you know? Well, here's, here's what, what, what I would do. Uh, first off, 
if Wade Barrett isn't meeting with WWE management as per the fucking storyline. It seems that him and Drew McIntyre, their work visas have expired. So they had to go back uh, to the United Kingdom. They're trying to iron it out. But, of course, that, you know, that's great planning on WWE's part. Hire the guy with, you know, have the guy with the visa problems win NXT, and he's supposed to be the leader of your group, and his fucking green card expired. Yeah. Great work. Who, who made that decision? It's, it's absurd, you know? So that right there is a huge problem. You got all these guys. They got all these visa problems. Now, NXT, if you want to do something crazy with NXT, you know, them beating up John Cena was the way to go. It was great because everybody, you know, everybody loves Cena. So if you want to turn, if you want to become an instant bad guy, you got to beat up, you know, the, the Hulk Hogan of our generation. You got to beat John yeah. Cena's ass. And then what you got to do is, what I would I would put put it like this: They come out, they beat up everybody, and then what I would do is I would put plants in the stands and make them start beating up fans that are booing. <laughs> I I would really do that because that way they can really be set apart from the organ, you know, from the establishment. And you can say, man, these guys they don't they don't take criticism well. You can't say that they're bad at anything. Look at this! Oh my God, they beat up the fans. Yeah. Like that would be awesome. And that would help add an aura of, wow, these guys are no joke. And it would kind of cover up their, their imperfections, whether, you know, shitty mic skills or terrible wrestling. One of the gifts that made Paul Heyman great when he did ECW mm-hmm. was the fact that the wrestlers would be in the crowd and you could hand them chairs. And, yeah. and there was that great participation that helped you connect with the wrestlers. Um, I particularly like the fact that I remember seeing ECW at the Elks Lodge and the Dudley Boys came out, and the Dudley Boys were like, you know, you fucking fans, you guys suck, you know, because they were bad guys. And, yeah. you know, you'd booing them, and he'd be like, and, you know, Bubba Ray did most of the talk. He'd be like, hey, man, shut your fucking mouth, you suck. <laughs> and, you, and that was great because, you know, it really, it really made the fans feel like they were a part of it. And it's good because, you know, you'd see somebody, hey, hey, you with the $3 shirt, what are you doing here? You, why are you paying to watch this? You know, like, it, it was great to see stuff like that. And in order to get the NXT guys over, you have to take advantage of that. And they're starting to go that route because they, there actually was a little bit of a news blip today that they were saying that they don't want the NXT guys, you know, shaking hands with the fans, giving autographs and stuff. They want them to be in character practically all the time. It, it, oh, God, you know, it... <laughs> Which is stupid. How are you going to be in character all the time? What if, what if they tell Kane, hey, Kane, I need you to be in character all the time. And Kane's in the supermarket with the, with the, with the, with the one-eye contact, and he's buying, he's buying condoms and grape juice. And the lady goes, hey, you're Kane. And he's like, you know, he fucking lights the, lights the grocery store on fire. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. He fucking goes to the checkout lane and, like, it's all full in the express line and shit, and he just lifts his arms and the fucking pyrotechnics go off and shit, and they're like, oh, it's about to go down. And then he oh, keeps talking about vengeance and shit, and no one knows what the fuck is going on, but, yeah. It's, it's really amusing just because you're telling these guys, you know, we're, we're, we're in 2010, you want these guys to pretty much live their gimmick, and it's great and all, but pretty much what they're doing is when fans come up, hey, man, can I get your autograph? They're like, look, they don't want us to give out any autographs. And, they, and mind you, they want them to wear the N armbands. Yeah. All the time. Oh, really? In yeah. in in the real world? Yes. In wow. The, yeah, in the real world. Yep. 
when when they come out of the Phantom Zone, that is Raw <laughs> and SmackDown, they have to wear the the Nexus armbands. It's, it's, oh my it's, God! Yeah, and Nexus, seriously, seriously. Well, I mean, well, I knew. <laughs> let me tell you, I knew they were gonna be called Nexus when they cut that promo last week, and Wade Barrett's like, "Yeah, you know, we are the Nexus of the." I'm like, "That's the name of the group." Yeah, yeah there you go. As soon as you hear, it's like when, when they made Ted DiBiase, you know, Million Dollar Man Jr., and he started talking about money and his trust fund. I said, where's the million dollar belt? Sure yeah. as shit, next week, million dollar belt. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just the faction bullshit that McMahon or the fucking writers, they just keep recycling this shit. It's like, oh, we're going to have the young kids against the old guys. Okay. You know, I mean, at least TNA tries shit new, and, and most of the time it falls flat, in my opinion. Uh, but at least they're trying shit. You know, but fucking WWE, man, with this fucking NXT bullshit. Jesus Christ. And then, uh, I, uh, I just, I, <laughs> I don't know, I, I can't do it. It's just, it's fucking irritating to watch. Well, with that being said, we're going to we're gonna close out the wrestling segment because it really is a, a disaster. But um, I have to say one thing, though. I think TNA is starting to get on the right path with some of their wrestling. So I'm not, I'm, I'm really not as adamant about shitting on them. There's still a lot of improvement. There's rumors that Paul Heyman might be coming into TNA to help do all the writing. Oh, thank much God. There. Yeah, they're saying that if he comes in, he wants to have the full creative control. I think Paul Heyman and TNA would be huge. And, and I think they're teasing that already. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens in a few weeks. But with that being said, let, let's, let's get into some video games. First off, uh, last week, I discussed the Microsoft Connect during the panel, and everybody had their pros and their cons about it. Um, I discussed the fact that a lot of news, so- news sources were saying that it was going to be 150 bucks. It seems that Microsoft now is backpedaling, and they're starting to say that all prices are just placeholders, and that you know it's not guaranteed that it's going to be 150 bucks. So, well, so, so it'll be 148. <laughs> yeah, it'll be 100. It'll be 130. It'll be 100. 129.99. That's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, all right, we can't do 150. It sounds too too expensive. All right, we'll make it one third. Would you buy it? Would you pay the? Would you pay 150 for it? You know, I I am on my uh, I think sixth Xbox now. I I after the the fifth one, I was like, you know what? I think I'm finally going to buy an Elite, and uh, I bought the Elite, and of course the fucking Slim comes out. But uh, you know, I'm on my sixth Xbox, and uh, if if hard if the the hardware failure of these things is any indication, I I think I'm I'm not gonna pass on it on uh, Connect, but I'm definitely gonna wait because uh, I I really I want to see the real world application of it too. You know I mean like the girls were saying that it went to E3 on the last show, they were saying you know there was you know virtually no lag and it was pretty good at picking people up. Uh, there's one uh, there's a rumor going around too that the uh, Connect can only support two players at a time. Yep. That's but I correct. guess uh, if if you go over that limit, the fucking thing just like implodes and just fucking crashes. So well, I mean, it, it's funny you say that because it's gonna the way it's the way they're saying it's gonna work pretty much is that you're gonna have two people being recognized, but that it can match and and takes it can monitor pretty much six people, but it can only interact with two at a time. Okay. Well, I mean. It, and again, I mean, interacting with two people at a time is really basically, I mean, how many people are yeah. going to have like a fucking, you know, connect party at their fucking house, honestly? You know, it's going to be grandma and little Timmy or something that they're trying to market towards, at least. 
Uh, so well, I, two at a time ain't that bad, I guess. Well, it, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that you were saying about the the your sixth Xbox. I actually bought the Slim. I got the Slim for my birthday. Nice. I, I, yeah, it, it's um. Let me tell you something. They really took their time to build this new Xbox. And, and, and I'll explain. I'll elaborate a little further. Basically, what happens is, and Microsoft is notorious for this, they keep cranking them out, slight improvement, cranking it out, slight improvement, just yeah. like Windows. Slight improvement, slight improvement, slight improvement. Then they get to the, to the nitty-gritty and they go, okay, we've made all these slight improvements. Now what? All right, we're just going to make this big one this huge improvement, boom, there it is. What ends up happening is that the Xbox 360 Slim is the equivalent of Windows 7, (laughs) which pretty much they figured out all the bugs and they're going to put out something that's relevant and that works. I'm going to tell you, the Xbox 360 Slim, when, when, you know, my, my fiance says to me, she goes, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, you know what? I want the new Xbox. If, if, you know, if because she didn't know what to get me. Right so she said, <laughs> she said to me, she's like, hey, I saw the new Xbox. She's like, that shit looks pretty nice. So, of course, you know, my birthday came. I unwrapped it. I took it out of the box. She's like, wow. She's like, that is a nice system. Like, like you know, for, for uh, and, you know, wives or girlfriends, they, they'll, they, they're, they're the type that will make comments about, how the systems look. You know, they'll yeah. be like, oh, you know, why is that thing so huge? Why does it take, some, take up so much space? And and things like that. But the Slim is actually, I would say, it's almost half the size in width of a PlayStation 3. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and on top of the fact, it doesn't sound like a jet engine. Yeah, that, that's a big plus. You know, besides the, the wireless uh, N... That's internal, which is about fucking time. You know, thanks Microsoft for showing up to the fucking party. But, um, but yeah, that you know, the wireless, the uh, the, the quietness, and it, it definitely on the sides it looks like it has better ventilation too. Um, yeah, it, it runs it runs a lot cooler, and on top of that, it has a built-in connect port for you know for the connect because if you have an old Xbox, here's the kicker: you're gonna need a separate power yeah, source. Yeah. If you got the 360 Slim, you just plug it in and you're good to go. And they added a wireless end. So I was actually really happy about that because it freed, it freed up an Ethernet port under my home theater. I, I mean, overall, very nice. But, of course, now i got to sell my arcade because I'm, 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 I'm really um, OCD with that stuff. Like right now, I have the, the black 360 Slim with the black controller, but yet I have the white chat pad and I have the white wireless headset. So now i got to buy all that shit in black. Right on. Because I'm a psycho. No, I hear you, man. Microsoft knows what they're doing. The 250-gig hard drive is a nice size. Again, I I continue to harp on the fact that that proprietary hard drive size is stupid, and they should allow you to add your own hard drive or at least add an external. You know, they're starting to get a little lenient by allowing you to use USB storage, but the fact that you can't have your own hard drive is still is still a little bit of an annoyance, but overall the Slim is really nice. I'm not telling people to go out there and buy it if they don't need to, but GameStop is actually not raping people too bad by allowing people to, um, you know, trade in their old ones towards a Slim. But, again, it's, it's something where unless you really, really need it or your Xbox dies, I definitely recommend you making the Xbox Slim your next Xbox, period. Yeah. 
No, definitely. I, you know, the thing is too, like, like you were saying about the, you know, Microsoft and hardware. Microsoft is, and, I, and I'm not a, a fanboy, you know, but Microsoft is re, well, obviously not because I'm gonna fucking tear them a new one. But they they are ridiculously fucking slow, you know, as a company, as a brand, as you know, fucking what have you. But they just take fucking forever, you know, you know, and like you said, incremental updates. But they but they've proven that you can improve your sales, your um, your brand name or whatever, just through software. And yeah, you know, like I said, I'm on my sixth one, uh, playing my friends are on their, you know, second or third consoles, you know. Um, but it's the software that keeps bringing us back. I don't know if they fucking brainwash me or if I'm just borderline fucking retarded, but I keep coming back for more. I mean, apparently I like the pain, but, uh, but it's just what you, and speaking of hardware, I mean, they're still not fucking, they're not, uh, bundling the system, I guess you could say, or packaging the system with a fucking uh, HDMI or even uh, component because it, it still comes with the composite cables, right? In the yeah, box. It, still com- it still comes with red, white, and yellow, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a couple of funny stories. Um, my, I'm really into home theater. Now that I've gotten older and I'm learning, to, uh, you know, you start learning what your money is going towards. Like, like when you were a kid or when you were younger or a teenager, you're like, I just want a big screen TV. Yeah. Now it's now it's I want a big screen LCD. I want it to have five HDMI's. I wanted to have optical built-in Ethernet. Like you're a more educated consumer, and the same thing applies with with consoles. You know, you want a system that offers you everything. So what ends up happening is, um, I I use the Yamaha soundbar because the room I have I had way too many speakers. My fiance is like, why do we need ten speakers in this room? Because I had two separate home theaters to do two different applications. I had a home theater just for watching movies, and then I had a speaker set up for games. So I ended up getting a sound, I ended up getting a sound bar. Basically, the Yamaha sound bar, um, it does what's called virtual surround sound, where it bounces audio off the walls in your room. So if, oh, you, stand, right. if you stand in any corner of your room, it'll sound like 5.1 or 7.1. So the sound bar I bought has 21 small speakers inside of it. It goes right under your yeah, it goes right under your TV. It's beautiful. So after a while, I saw a different home theater, and I decided to get it by Sony because the speakers are no bigger than a pill bottle, but they have they have beautiful they have beautiful sound. So I bought the the setup from a guy, and I plug in my Xbox. So I plugged in the Xbox via HDMI, and for some reason, it would not pick up 5.1. It, oh. I, I, kept, I kept messing around and messing around and messing around. I wouldn't pick it up. So I go online, and I start reading about it. And the, and the funny thing is that HDMI via the Xbox will not pick up 5.1. Microsoft needs you to buy an adapter, which you plug into the bottom, which adds an optical jack. Yeah, that's so that right. You can run, so you can run the optical jack to your home theater. Here's the kicker. The optical jack comes with an HDMI cable. You know how much the jack you know how much the jack is? Thirty dollars. Oh, I thought it was I did. Yeah, I, I was thinking fifty, so I you uh... know. Oh no, well, well here's the here's the fun part. It's fifty at Best Buy and yeah, thirty at course. Yeah. And then even if you go online, you know, uh the you know, my my buddy works at Best Buy, and I uh, used to work at Best Buy, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, thank God, because retail uh fucking sucks. But, uh, yeah, it, the cords are fucking, like, the uh, accessories and shit are fucking ridiculously overpriced, man. And then, you know, it's always funny, you walk up to a fucking, 
you know, when you're working there and you got your employee number and shit, you punch it in, and like a fucking fifty dollar cable becomes like a dollar and fifty well, cents and shit. My fiance worked at Best Buy as well, so I learned the ins and outs of that immediately. But the fun the, here's where the hilarity comes in. You buy your your PlayStation Three. Out of the box, it plays Blu-ray, has 7.1, um, uh, you know, true HD, has wireless built-in. You buy the Wii, it has wireless built-in. You can do 480p via component. You buy the Xbox 360, which has been out substantially long, and you can't get 5.1 without buying another dongle or doodad or, or, or a shitty attachment to make it work. So I was annoyed because I had to go and buy another piece. So... Of course, like I said, Microsoft continues to, you know, incrementally fix their mistakes. The Xbox 360 Slim has an optical port. Yeah. Oh, um, really? In yeah, the back? It has an opti- yeah, it has an optical port in the back, an HDMI. It has a connect port. It has three USB jacks in the, in the back. It has an Ethernet port in case you want to do hardwire and two USB jacks in the front. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, for the 300 bucks, it was good. And, you know, now i got to sell my Xbox 360 arcade with, uh, you know, the 20-gig hard drive, and I'm going to sell it with a stupid optical dongle in the HDMI cable because it's, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's just they, uh, you know, they, they keep nickel and diamond nails, which, it, you know, it's not. You know, it's like 30, 50 fucking bucks for these goddamn accessories. And it, I, and their defense of it is just fucking weak sauce, man. You know, every time they, they've been questioned by journalists or bloggers or whoever the fuck, you know, People that are getting paid to do this shit, they still don't have an answer for them. You know, they're like, well, we uh, believe that, uh, you know, the average consumer isn't going to use fucking 5.1 or, you know, HD video. And it's like, seriously, man, you know, I, I think uh, almost like, I mean, we got to be over like the uh, 60% mark as far as like internet in households in America, I'm assuming, you know, and then, well, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. But then, you know, I mean, for TV, yeah, um, you know, I'm sure everyone and their mother doesn't have HD TV, you know, but they, they definitely, they, they've got to have, like, a fucking digital single, at least, you know? I mean, especially since the, the cable thing, you know, unless you have fucking rabbit ears, you know, you know, I could have picked those uh, signals up, you know, everything well, just stopped broadcasting like that. So, I mean, you kind of had to go out and get the new TVs. Well, it's fu- here's, here's what happens. You, you're basically looking at it from the standpoint of that, the new generation of consumers, and I'm excluding those that are in the forum and those of us that, that really know what we're buying, the fact of the matter is you're pretty much going into Best Buy, and when you buy your first HDTV, it's the employee's job that he's going to say to you, what are you going to do for sound? Because yeah. it happens. The, the fact of the matter is that when you say, I'm buying this HDTV, automatically, as if on instinct, they go, oh, well, you're going to need a nice home theater setup. So the fact that Microsoft is sitting there, it really shows that they've lost a little bit of touch in terms of how people are building their home theaters. Let me tell you something. I bought my first flat-screen TV on a Black Friday from Home Depot. It was an element element flat-screen TV. I don't even know what the hell, who makes that brand for real. I sat there. I took the time to research. I calibrated it myself. I had a beautiful picture. I said to myself, all right, the speakers on this home theater suck, so I bought the sound bar. You know, it's just a matter of progression. And if you're investing $1,500, $2,000, $2,500 on a television and you know that the sound is going to be crap, 
it's it's a no-brainer that you're going to buy a home theater. And then, yeah. if you're a gamer, you're going to want to get the maximum benefit out of all your systems, whether it's HDMI or component or optical sound. You're going to want to make sure that if your system cranks 5.1 out, that it should crank out 5.1 without any sort of, of, of doctoring. Same yeah. thing with the PlayStation 3. It does 7.1 true HD. You're going to want the games that have true HD to sound awesome. And the fact that you have to go and buy all these extra things is really disheartening, especially in the age when you can go to monoprice.com and buy an HDMI cable for $4. But, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean you're right. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you, you look at, like, the, this console fucking war, uh, which is uh, pretty fucking hysterical word um, for this... Uh, debate people are having, you know, you look at Microsoft's product, you know, with the slow uh, updates and, uh, or incremental updates, but in, in hardware changes over a very long period of time, um, you know, they were the, the first console to come out, or they had an early lead, rather, and, uh, and then you, you look at Sony's product, you know, it, it's just, uh, I guess one of the, uh, some Japanese developer, he's talking about how the 360 is basically like your, your uh, Toyota Prius, you know, or, I mean, your basic Toyota car. And then the fucking, uh, like, the PS3 is like a fucking Ferrari. You know, not everyone owns one, you know, but it's a specialty-made vehicle that gets you to point A to point B and fucking, you know, 0, 60 and whatever. Whereas the Xbox is, like, it's your average consumer's, you know, product. And then, you know, the fucking, the Wii is like a Beetle because it's just a fucking gimmick as far as I'm concerned. But you look at, you know, the Wii, the... The Wii just got off by its fucking gimmick, you know, with that waggle bullshit, which I still just don't... Just I I I fucking hate the Wii. I think it's, I think it's just a, a gimmick and it's just bullshit. And uh, but obviously I'm wrong because they've made a fuckload of money off it. Um, but then you oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't finish your thought. And then you look at Sony's product and literally you know it's a fucking beast. You know out of the gate you know they because out of the gate they had the optical out and then they had the um, HDMI out right the ports in the back. Right. And then, you know, they had the big hard drive, and they had the cell processors, um, or numerous cells with the one, I don't know how that technology actually is even fucking made, but uh, it's just a fucking workhorse, you know, but they kind of paid the price for that by having that fucking hot rod at that price point, and, you know, Blu-ray was, you know, Sony obviously invested a lot of fucking money in, in Blu-ray, and they kept pushing it, but it just goes to show, I mean, Xbox is still, you know, out of the three systems, obviously, it's second, because Nintendo, like I said, has made a fuckload of money, and they'll still keep making money, God knows why. But uh, that's why I think, you know, the Xbox, or Microsoft, is beating Sony. It's just because, you know, Sony just throws a lot of tech at people, and I think it kind of goes um, over their heads. You know, the uh, like, uh, what was it Kevin was talking about on the last show, you know, People, you know, they walk into Best Buy and, you know, they see the Wii at like 200, 250, and then they see the fucking, the move, or they see fucking uh, 150 for a camera, you know, being the Kinect, and they're just going to fucking go, well, I'll just go with the fucking Wii because it's obviously cheaper. You know, I don't have to buy a whole setup, you know, and build around the Wii. I can just buy the system itself. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's weird just how these, and with all the hardware fails that Microsoft has, and they still keep selling, there's got to be something in that. Well, the trick, the trick to that actually is the fact that the Xbox 360 Slim is pretty much the, uh, the first in a long line of Xboxes where they're going to do, you're going to be able to buy the Xbox 360 Slim Arcade, and it's going to be $149. Oh, wow. 
and that's going to end the Wii stranglehold on the number one spot. You think so? You think it's going to take out the Wii? I think it will, just because the Wii is going to be one of those things where it's great, and, you know, they're starting to put out better games. That's why I'm not going to shit on the Wii as much, and, I, and I'll elaborate on that further. But the fact is that, you know, when you do it, when you pretty much do it with um, a, a console, like, put it like this. When you look at the, at the plethora of titles on the Xbox 360, you're like, wow, that's, this is great. This is great. I want to play this. This is awesome. I'll play that. Next thing you know, boom, 149. Oh, my God, I can play Halo, and the system's only 149? Yeah. I'm sold. You know, it's like there's only so much Mario and Legend of Zelda and Donkey Kong and crap. You know, there's certain kids, they want to, they kind of want to take the training wheels off the bicycle. So an entry-level 360 at 149 is definitely going to make a huge statement. Um, to go off topic a second, I see that Strider was talking about the 360 having an optical port. That's right. You can, it has an optical port if you use component. If you use HDMI, the sound and audio run through one cable. Yeah. But when you run the HDMI through certain home theaters, it's not going to pick up the 5.1. You're only going to get the default stereo. So in order to get 5.1, you've got to do HDMI plus optical, which requires you to buy the stupid dongle to get it to work. But so I mean, I, I think I, I try to the explanation there. Well, my thing, too, was on the box, like at least when I worked at Best Buy, on the box of the fucking PS3s we had, and this is obviously before the Slims came out, um, the PS3, PS3 Slims, uh, that is, before they came out on the box, it was like fucking optical fucking audio, 7.1 and shit. Then you look at the fucking Xbox, box, you know, uh, and it fucking, you know, it's like component cables. It's like, okay, uh, thanks for fucking, you know, no, I, last, I mean, on those boxes, on the old uh, packaging for the Xboxes, it never fucking said shit about that. But, I mean, like I nope. said before, I mean, it still went over people's heads. I doubt many people were like, oh, yeah, fucking, you know, I need this, you know, unless you were, unless you were, you know, you that had the problem, you know, with the HDMI, you know, not being recognized, not getting the full, uh, the 5.1 experience. Yeah, I was I was really annoyed, and it, it's funny that Josh isn't in the chat because um, Josh is a, is a is a, 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 a good techie also, and he you know when I called him I said dude I can't do 5.1 on the 360 he goes are you kidding me I'm like yeah you plug in HDMI does a big load of nothing except stereo and it's like oh my god you know and, and it's one of those things because it's a next gen system. I shouldn't have to buy all this extra, you know, there are certain things that it's very disheartening where you have to do stuff like that. It's crazy, but uh, on the flip side, again, it, it, allows, it allows improvement. And I think that by Microsoft pulling the trigger on a 149 system, they're, they're, they're going to definitely, they're at least going to give the Wii a run for its money because the only way you're getting the most out of the Wii for 199 now is with that huge bundle. That's why they put it out. Yeah. I don't, I don't, the, the thing about the Wii, too, is, like, who the fuck keeps buying Wiis? You know, like, you would think by now, like, the shouldn't the Wiis, like, out, you know, populate the fucking human race at this point, honestly, with the amount they fucking sold? Like, who, well, no. who, who hasn't bought a Wii yet? I mean, well, I know I haven't because I'm an asshole, but I'm just saying. Well, here's the, here's the situation with the Wii, and I'll, and I'll tell you what happens. What happens is more and more casual gamers are coming into the fold. More and more old people are actually becoming gamers now. So 
you're getting that huge influx of casual gamers, and a lot of people like the physicality, especially older people. I have a, a vice president in my office. His wife is a uh, personal trainer, and he was, like, he was asking me a lot of questions about the Wii. And I'm like, why are you buying it? And he's like, oh, you know, it's something cool, and, you know, I can play golf and stuff on it, which I like. And, and, and as soon as he gave the explanation, it was because of exactly that, the casual aspect. Don't get me wrong, the Mario games and all that will still be bought by the purists, yeah. but the, the fact that you have a system that's so easy to pick up and so plug-and-play, like if you tell somebody, hey, get an Xbox 360, they're going to be like, ah, I don't want to play all that stuff. But when yeah. you're telling somebody, hey, I can play bowling or, or shit like that, you know, stuff like that happens. You know, the casual demographic is definitely going to push the Wii, and it's going to lead into something else I want to discuss. And um, actually, before I go into that, I want to talk about the PlayStation Plus service that was announced. It's actually, it's actually in that update that you're downloading. Pretty much the way it works is you're going to pay $17.99 for three months or 50 bucks a year. Um, each month you're going to get four free games that you can download, a PlayStation Network game, two PSP minigames, and a PlayStation 1 Classic. The first month, you're going to be able to download Wipeout HD, Field Runners, Age of Zombies, and Destruction Derby. Those are the first set of games. Other bonuses you're going to get are two dynamic themes, two premium avatars, downloadable content, discounts on content, and premium demos. The themes for the first month, which are dynamic, are going to be Little Big Planet and Gaming is Just the Start, which is just a default PlayStation theme. <clears throat> The free avatars you're going to get are from Fat Princess, and the free downloadable content you're going to get is from Killzone 2. Now, in terms of discounts, you're going to get discounts for Little Big Planet, uh, Gravity Crash, and Fat Princess. And for those of you that are in Europe, you're going to get a free digital copy of Little Big Planet. Oh, so, yeah. So pretty much, at the end of the day, it's 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 a good incentive to pay for it. I mean, you know, I pay seven bucks or eight bucks a month on live cause I pay it monthly. So, you know, in three months it's $24 versus the PlayStation plus being 18 bucks. And they're giving you incentive to pay the money. The only thing, again, I don't like is the fact that when you have the, you know, when you di if you discontinue the system, you don't keep the games. I, you know, I feel yeah. that when you, when I give you my money, it should be my product, period. Well, they're, they're trying to do that, like, you know, carrot fucking leading the fucking donkey bullshit. You know, it's like, hey, don't forget to fucking update your shit, because if you don't, you're going to lose all that shit that you fucking bought with your hard-earned fucking money. And, I mean, the thing with the, the was it the PSN Plus? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to hate on Sony. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and again, I'm not a fanboy, but I just think it's fucking retarded. You know, especially when I, I, you know, I had a PlayStation 2 and I had an Xbox, the original Xbox. And then yep, when the new back. consoles uh, rolled out, I mean, because, you know, fucking everyone did, honestly. Um, you know, because the Xbox was basically the second coming of the Dreamcast, you know, with better marketing and on-time releases for most of the shit. But, uh, but yeah, you know, when it came down to between Microsoft and Sony, I was looking at what they were providing and honestly, I looked at Microsoft, and I looked at the games, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, fucking Halo, that's a fucking shocker and shit. You know, I was looking at Sony and their, you know, their marquee titles. 
But what it came down to, honestly, dude, was the the fucking online. Like, I looked at the PSN service, and I was like, you know, fuck no. But then I looked at the, the Xbox service, and I was like, oh, I gotta fucking pay now. That's kind of, let me think about this. But, you know, I'm on my sixth one, and it's obviously not because of the hardware that keeps me coming back. You know, it's obviously not the, uh, it definitely doesn't have the power of, of the PlayStation 3. But what it lacks in that, what it lacks in hardware, it makes up for with the community and with the live service. And I think, honestly, the, the PSN, one, I think it's like a fucking cop-out on, on Sony's end. You know, they're finally, you know, they've taken enough shit. I mean, fucking home, seriously, it's still in fucking beta. They're not even doing shit with it. Like, I get, like, you know, they had, like, those uh, virtual E3 booths, and they have those virtual game, like, uh, what do call them, hideouts or fucking treehouses? What do they call them? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the PlayStation home apartments and shit that you can get. Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, give it a fucking rest. You know, if I want to play fucking Second Life, I'd rather fucking hang myself. So that's not even an, uh, an option to me. But I, th- I think it's just, I mean, the features, like you were saying, and what was it, you know, it updates uh, games automatically. Wow, that's that's fucking useful. Um, you get access to fucking demos. Okay, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, oh, you get fucking, was it, cross-game uh, chat, finally? Like, seriously? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's coming now with a pay. I think it's a honestly. I think it's it's a slap in the face to anyone that invested in Sony. Honestly, well, you know you know what it is. The um the way I see it, and I'm gonna uh, you know some people are gonna disagree. E3 shouldn't have been called the Alex the Electronic Expo this year. It should have just been called the Copy Me Expo because everybody was copying shit off of everybody. Oh yeah. PlayStation ripped off the Wii. You know, Microsoft ripped off everybody, but they innovated it by making it all one giant camera. Um, well, Sony definitely you know, wrote out a lot of checks. You know, having right. EA with such a strong presence and demoing their shit during, you know, the the PlayStation 3, or just pimping out the PlayStation 3 during their individual um, pre- uh, presentations, you know, with, um, what was it, Dead Space and uh, fucking Need for Speed and all that other bullshit. And then, you know, the, uh, ah, shit. Well, Sony just talking about, um, you know, the PSN Plus and all that stuff. And then, you know, Gabe Newell comes out from Valve, which uh, I kind of thought that was going to happen, you know, because they kept saying, oh, there's a big fucking surprise, big fucking surprise, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, Gabe Newell comes out and he's like, yo, fucking because PlayStation 3 is the best. No, it's it's because Sony is going to be lenient with the Steam client. That, you know, that's the only reason... And, you know, besides Sony writing a check, because they realize that they're fucking losing. And I'm not saying they're losing the console war, but they, as a company, they're bleeding out. You know, they're, they're in the red. And, you know, Microsoft has lost a lot of fucking money on the Xbox, don't get me wrong. But they have the install base. PS, uh, Sony just keeps making stupid fucking decisions. And now with their whole thing, I mean, the smartest thing Sony's ever done, honestly, is probably Blu-ray. You know, I, as far as, like, you know, the last five years. But... The, you know, now with this big push to uh, 3D and, you know, the motion control, I think, is kind of an afterthought. You know, they're just kind of throwing it in there going, hey, we, it looks and feels like the Wii, but it's prettier. You know, like, the Sorcerer game looked cool, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm not really going to, I'm not going to waggle, I'm not going to use the fucking thumb bullshit nunchuck ripoff thing, and I'm not buying a fucking camera, you know, and I'm not buying all those accessories that will add, you know, probably more than 150 depending on what bundle you get. And I, you know, uh, Microsoft, I, I thought they stepped up to the plate. They had what they had. 
and they showed it. You know, all Sony really did, I think, is they wrote a bunch of checks to people to try to get, you know, look, look you know, it was just kind of like a plea, like, hey, look, we're still alive, uh, you know, where's, oh, is the PS3 bundle? Oh, the, the Move bundle is 99, if you have nothing? Was it, it's the camera, the, uh, the wand the net, thing? Yeah, the camera, the fucking Harry Potter wand, and the nunchuck. Oh, 400? I believe so, yeah. Shit, that ain't fucking bad. That ain't bad. Well, you know what it is? I, the, the way I see it is... Unless you have like another I, person over the house, and then you're fucked. Unless you want to yeah. take control. The, the fact is, well, Sony, they, they wanted to come in, and they wanted to kind of throw out a couple of things from the service side. Because the, the, the way I see it is, you can come out there, and you can show, oh, yeah, you know... If you notice, Xbox showed off the Kinect, and they showed off a little bit of Xbox Live, but they didn't really focus on Xbox Live because they're like, look, our system is foolproof, it works well, it has a great community, we're just giving you a little extra incentive. Yeah. On, on the flip side, you get Mike Sony saying, okay, we got all this pretty stuff, but now we're enhancing service. And what happens is each, each, the, each console maker, at least in my eyes, they went in with a strategy that they were going to try and pimp out something totally new. Sony yeah. figured our, our, lowest, our lowest performer is our online capability. So you know what? We're going to add this new enhanced version that you're going to pay for, but we've got to make sure to throw a lot of shit in there to make people pay for it because when, once you put the word free in front of something and you take it away, people get really bitter. And they're like, oh, yeah. it was free, blah, blah, blah. And you have to kind of do the bait and switch where, you know, all these discounts and stuff you're going to get until the install base and the online community increases. Once it's increased, you're going to see less free stuff. You're going to see maybe one game here or another game there. Or maybe instead of a network game, two PSP minis and a classic, you'll get a PlayStation 1 classic and a PlayStation network game and no PSP minis. Yeah. You know, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something where, and, and your analogy earlier was great, which is the carrot leading the donkey. And the public is going to be the donkey. People are going to put their money down, and they're going to get enamored with the fact that they're going to get all, these, all this free shit and all these discounts. And then within the next year or so, oh, there's really nothing that we're going to put out this month, so you're going to get this one thing for free. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's like, you know, and don't get me wrong, Xbox Live is, is nowhere near fucking perfect. You know, uh, it's a very uh, rigid and closed environment. You know, all the links, all the videos, all the shit that's in Xbox Live just points you to another Microsoft-branded product. You know, whether right. it's accessories or, or whether it's their partners, you know, whether it's, you know, Microsoft Game Studios or whether it's, like, EA or whoever they're partnered with for that month, you know, you get redirected to them. Because the PS3, they have uh, the Internet browser, right? Yeah, the PS3 allows you to serve the internet, which comes in handy for those that like to look at pornography on their console. Hey, who doesn't? Um, honestly. But, you know, as soon as you could put your wallpaper up on the fucking original Xbox, it was on, seriously. Just because yep. you can. But, uh, but you know, and will, do I think the, the browser will ever happen on Xbox Live? No. Not a fucking chance in hell, because Microsoft likes, you know, they're, they're kind of fucking Nazi about this shit. They like to be very controlling. They got... Uh, serious OCD, and they like to keep it contained and, you know, like I said, control it. You know, I, I think that's kind of the same thing what uh, Nintendo did with the whole friend code bullshit. Yep. You know, it's just, you know, you don't have, like, a, a friends list. Well, I think in some games you do. But for the majority of the time, you know, you have, like, a fucking serial number that you have to, you know, 
copy and paste or fucking tell a friend that you have or whatever. You know, you have business cards with your fucking, you know, friend code on it or whatever and exchange them out. And I think that was, like, their answer to safety, as dumb as Nintendo is. But, you know, you look at what you get with, you know, the Xbox and the Xbox Live, and then you look at the PSN, and like I said, I really, I think it's like a fucking insult. And, yeah, you know, whenever you have something free and then you make it a pay-for, you know, pay-for-play or if it's a paid service that you change the business model of it, you know, people are going to be pissed, you know, just because, you know, it's free. Why the fuck isn't it free anymore, you know? And especially since you guys that own PS3s have shouldn't have gotten this fucking service since the beginning. If not, you know like, you know, a couple months after the initial release, you know, of, of the first systems. I just, I don't understand why Sony was just like, nah, fuck them, you know? <laughs> like, they were just basically like, oh, we're, we're just going to have this hot rod, you know, that, and uh, we know we have problems, but, and don't get me wrong, Microsoft's done the same thing with their hardware, but their software has improved dramatically. You know, you look at the original Xbox Live uh, component, and then you look at it now, and it's just fucking, you know, it's night and day. And I, I just, I don't get why, so, you know, if you're going to rip off somebody, fucking just rip off Microsoft's model. And I know there's patents and shit, but uh, Sony could yeah, do rip it. Off, rip off the best in the, yeah, rip off the best in the game. And, and I understand that, but here's the funny thing, and, and this is a, 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 great, a great little piece of, regarding that stuff. Um, the analysts at a company called EEDAR released a post-E3 report, and pretty much the news are that nobody gives a shit about the PlayStation Move or the Kinect. Oh, yeah, the interest survey thing, right? Yep, the report ranks purchasing intent for various games and peripherals. The Move and Connect, which had a high awareness on the core gaming community, was ranked low in terms of purchasing. The report pretty much said that more gamers are interested in Connect than Move, but when the controllers are ranked on equal grounds, the two showed near equal popularity. The way the report is, is taken out of context, though, is that the fact that the numbers are based off traffic data from IGN.com. So, you know, they're saying pretty much that nobody gives a shit about either one, that they're pretty much even. But the fact that they're getting that information from IGN.com only, which is exclusively a tech site, kind of of puts a bit of, of, of issue, you know? Yeah. You know, these surveys always fucking just... Uh, not perplexed, but just, uh, I don't know what the fuck they're pulling from. But, I mean, it, it does make sense. You know, I'm sure people, you know, even my mom knows what the Kinect. I don't think she knows about the Move, but she knows what the Wii is because my, my cousin has one. The kids come over and play on it and shit like that. So she she knows about these products, and she knows about, you know, the, the waggle and all that, you know, stupid shit. But I... People know about it, but do they care? You know, I mean, it's it's a good point, you know, and especially with these price points they're talking about, and uh, I think Click was, the, you know, that the, the bundle was uh, 100 You know, even that, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, people know about it, but are they going to buy it? And, you know, and I understand it costs money for R&D, and... It, it costs money for marketing and shit like that, especially with the, you know, the, the move or the fucking, uh, with the connect. But yeah, you get into people's minds, but then you have that price point, man. And like we were saying earlier, you know, people walk in to fucking Best Buy, they walk, even Walmart, fucking Target, wherever the fuck these, these you know, your average consumer shops at, they're going to look at these things and go, fuck that. 
you know, they're going to look at the slim and they're going to go, okay, two ninety, because it's it's still two ninety nine, right? The the new slim thing Xbox. You know, they're going to look at that. They're going to look at because the the PS three slim is three hundred too, right? They even that out. Yes. And then you know you look at the the Wii that's like two hundred two hundred fifty, and then you have the arcade models and all that other bullshit. But I, I, I people walk in, man, and they're going to look at that. And and like you and also like we were saying, you know, you go to Best Buy, and those salesmen are gonna they're gonna fucking hammer you. You know, they're gonna be like, oh, you're, you're you you want to buy a fucking game? So here's the new console, and here's a fucking TV, and then here's the sound system, and don't forget your optical cable and all that shit. People are just gonna walk the fuck out, if not like throw like a fucking rage fit and punch the guy in the fucking face, you know, on their way. You know, people don't well, want to hear that. You know. Well, here's the thing: when you look at at the post E three numbers, I feel that. It's a li- like I said when the, when the numbers are based off of IGN, it's very disheartening. I like IGN; they're okay, but sometimes they border on a little bit. Not so much on narcissism, but on the fact that they blow smoke up their own ass a lot. Like they feel that they're the end all be all in terms of coverage, and you know the fact that that the EEDAR survey is just based off their data puts a puts a bit of a of a question of validity to the fact that people, you know, of course, if you poll somebody, you know, if you put a, if you put it much, if you put it out there to more casual audience, you go and you're going to say, hey, are you going to buy it? You do a better and more realistic market research than doing it based off a site that caters to gamers in the know. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's why I really uh, I you know like sites like IGN uh somebody put up in uh, the chat IGN um even like Kotaku and like uh, Joystick and uh Destructoid to some extent they just kind of and uh like Giant Bomb and shit like that uh they they just kind of like it's like they're full of themselves you know what I'm saying like they get paid to like fucking write about games and shit like okay, that's cool, and I understand journalism is a real, you know, career choice and profession. You can go to school and get a piece of paper for it and shit. And I'm not saying, you know, those guys aren't journalists. But it's like you're making money to fucking talk about fucking games. It's like, okay, and you're reporting on them, which I appreciate, you know, because, you know, I guess we're not all insiders and we're not privy into those inside, uh, the those inside, you know, workings behind developers and publishers and shit. But a lot of them, I just get turned off by them. You know, I go to fucking IGN, they're like fucking, you know, hot bitch of the month, or fucking, you know, uh, why the Wii sucks, or fucking, you know, something, something stupid like that. And then you read their reviews, and I just find it, like, fucking insulting, because they're like, oh, this game is fucking awesome. And it's like, did you play the same game I did? And I know people have different opinions, obviously. But it's like, sometimes you, it's like, I think it was GameSpot that had that whole debacle with the, uh, the guy that was rumored to have, or... He wrote a poor review, and then they, they canned him because they were running ads. I think it was like the uh, the Kane and Lynch thing. They were running ads for Kane and Lynch, and then basically the guy said Kane and Lynch was a shit game, and then they fucking uh, canned him. And it was kind of like, you know, rumor around the campfire was that they, they whacked the guy just because, you know, he had a poor review of the game. It's like, you know, honesty is not like these guys' strong point, you know? That's why, I, you know, that's why uh, I'm a big fan of your show. I'm a big fan of VGN. Because it, it, it's honesty and it's fucking, it's true, man, honestly. You know, because well, we're the people you. going out to buy shit and those guys don't know what the fuck, you know, you, you talk about people like you were saying, you know, lost it, you know, touch, 
with like the community or like the fucking sales. Yeah, look at those guys. Well, here, here's the funny thing, and and you know, but before we move on, I'll say this, and and I know Slick is holding, so I'm going to bring him in as well. The fact is that when these everybody goes out there, and in, in 2010, everyone's a journalist. You're a journalist. I'm a journalist. Which you is know, scary. You know, <laughs> v, VGN is journalist. Don Anderson's a journalist. We're all a journalist because we all cover the the things that are going on in our lives. In a, in a critical view, and we share our views with the masses. Now, the fact of the matter is, to me personally, and this is the way I look at it, you have three types of journalists. you got the journalists that add validity to a story, and they tell it in such a way that you actually believe in what you're reading. Then you have the journalist that makes sure to put his own personal spin on it to kind of add his own personal touch to the news, and in some ways it kind of skews what you're reading. Then you have the total shitbag journalist that pretty much just put, just put fluff out there in terms of either padding a certain product, helping yeah. a certain product move. And the fact is you've got to really sit there and know what you're reading. Like, I go to IGN, I read Kotaku, I read Girl Gamer, I read VGN, I read um, Metacritic, I read forums from Game FAQs, um, I read the IGN forums. Let me tell you something. There are times that the forums for IGN, uh, Game FAQs, GameSpot, they actually have more insightful commentary on a title than the people that are writing this stuff. Sometimes if you read the comments on IGN, people go, how uninformed is this guy because of this, 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 and this. You know, yeah. And it's, unfor- it's unfortunate that you're going to pretty much see that for often. And what happens is that that's why we do shows. That's why we blog. That's why we talk about it, because we want to deliver the news the way we feel they should be told. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert at anything, because I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, this, or, uh, this game is better than this game, or this company is better than that company, because they don't pay my fucking bills. But yeah, the fact right. of the matter is that sometimes you've got to look at the fact that you're, if you're a struggling blogger or a struggling writer and a company says, hey, man, you know, we'll give you uh, $5,000 to do a favorable review on this product, the fact of the matter is that you're going to look at it as the, as the bottom line, and that's the fact that you need money. And, and sometimes that happens too, and, and I try to really not shit on them too hard. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I read total reviews that are total stroke jobs, you know, <laughs> which is pretty. It's pretty much, this game is awesome, I love this game, it's engaging, it's beautiful, the graphics are, are awesome, the engine is fantastic. It's pretty much a commercial in a review. But then yeah. there are those of us that, you know, we'll sit there and we'll say, hey, this game is great, but this sucks. This part of it sucks. Maybe the control sucks. Yada, 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 yada. The fact is it's, it's ridiculous that people sit there and they really give a shit about the journalists. And you should to an extent, but the whole thing is you have to take a moment and, and develop your own opinion. If, if, if you're going online and basing your purchase of a game off, you know, what Bob says at IGN, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, exactly. And if you're, if you're hesitant to spend 60 bucks, pay eight ninety five and rent the game from Gamefly. Yeah, fuck it. You might as well. That's you know, it. it it's, that, you know, that's why... These fucking oh man, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Like, like on my site, right? You know, uh, even with the the podcast that that I launched and fucking you know blew up like the fucking challenger. 
you know, I, I put my hand in the ring, and it, it was just because, you know, I thought I had a different take on things, and I think I do with the site. You know, I, I think I've been getting better at my writing style and, like, conveying, you know, the sarcasm, you know, which I think is, is hard to do through, you know, words. You know, you know, it's easy to, you know, to make jokes and shit, you know, uh, you know, by talking, you know, by speaking. I'm not saying your job's easy. I'm just saying, you know, through writing, I find it a lot harder, you know. Um, but that's why, you know, you do really well through the podcast, you know, and your radio show, you know, just by people tell when you're fucking around. You know, people can tell when you're serious, when you're heated about something, or, you know, when you genuinely, you know, appreciate it. But, you know, these other shows you listen to or, you know, these, these other uh, blog sites or, you know, official fucking game sites, you know, there's no personality. You know, no one, and I don't know if it's like courage or, you know, they're afraid they're not going to be able to cash their check, but they just, they have no balls, you know, or it's something goofy, like I was saying before, like fucking, you know, like, oh, the Wii sucks and here's why. And it's like, okay, is that the best you got? You know, there's no other substance, you know, and that's what they, they lack, you know, and like you were saying, most of them are just fucking fluff pieces of like, hey, this game is coming out this month, and uh, remember all the write-ups we had, and you know, hey, it's, it's really good. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're like, ah, it fucking played like shit, man. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I think honesty is the best way to go for anybody, you know, trying to get out there and get their name out there. But it's tough in, you know, in a field, I guess, or a, a genre of writing or blogging, you know, where everyone's just kind of fucking up in the fucking ivory tower, you know, and then, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny, and I'm, and I'm going to bring in Slick because I know he's going to have his own opinion on it because especially he does a lot of writing for the site. The way I see it is I, I, I don't mind writing stuff for the site, and I enjoy writing it. And you, and you bring up a great point in the fact that conveying, like I can convey the fact that I can come on here and say that game is a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's an inflection there. There's, 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 uh, there's emotion behind it where you can say, wow, Rich was really disgusted with that game. Yeah, I can write that it's a piece of shit on, 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 you know, on the site. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, he said it's a piece of shit, ha, 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 you know. But there has to be a, a reasoning to it. There has to be um, pretty much a delivery that a, a lot of game journalists just don't do. They're very by-the-numbers, very formulaic. And some people, you know, you read a fucking review, and you, if you're reading a, a review for a game and you're falling asleep before you even finish – then no. that person's not really taking a genuine interest. It's just the fact, hey, dude, I need your review by 5 o'clock. All right, let me write this up. And it's the most mundane piece of shit ever. The fact is that if people really told, you know, that's why sites like Rotten Tomatoes are really good, because they, they, they pretty much gauge it off of everybody's opinion. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, a, if a movie's trending, you know, 25% shitty on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like, all right, 75% of the people liked it. 25% thought it was shit. So, you know, it gives you a better gauge. But because some guy sitting at IGN's office and says, that game is great, I'm going to go and plunk down 60 bucks. Yeah. it's a load of shit. But with that being said, I, I'm looking at this, and we still got to do uh, the rest of the news and movies. I'm going to bring Slick in real quick so we can uh, plow through the rest of this. Slick, what's going on, dude? What's up, man? What do you got, my friend? Um, just going back to the whole, um, this console fucked up, that console fucked up thing. Truth is, every console did something great in its own right, and every console fucked up at the same time. I mean, the Wii, it, 
it brought about a new a new way to play games, but you know, it was short sighted in the online and topping off at at 480p because they said that at the time that it came out, the you know the install base of HD TVs wasn't big enough. I mean that's not the yeah. case anymore, and we still got 480p from the freaking Wii. Uh, they actually, I mean. First party wise, they they actually managed to pull off some pretty nice graphics on it, but it's still only 480p. Um, the PS3, really, in terms of you know just what it is, I think it did the most right because you know it it came out with the true HD for video and audio. It had the the next gen player built in. It had the Wi-Fi built in and and Bluetooth built in, and you know, it had the original anyway. Played all PlayStation games. Yeah, and that was I, a big I'm, mistake too from uh, taking that console off the uh, the SKU. That was fucking retarded. It was retarded, but it was the fault of the the buyers because the the thing when it came out was freaking six hundred dollars and everybody complained about the price and they're like well but it's six hundred dollars because it does this this and this and it was the consumers who said i don't give a fuck about backwards compatibility it literally was the consumers who who took it out of the system they took it out of the system partly to to lower the price and now the people who are forced to buy a, a ps3 that pretty much only plays PS3 games unless you buy them off a of PSN, are bitching. Because yeah. it's only the early adopters who got the real PS3. Because, I mean, I'm, I have a launch model, and it does everything the new ones do, and then some, because they all get the same firmware updates. Yeah. And that's the, the other thing you were talking about. Um, people were talking about how the 360, which, of course, has, in terms of the hardcore game, of the biggest fan base, you know, it has the best online and everything, but as a console, it falls way short of the, the PS3. Even the new one does, in my opinion, because... Oh, yeah. oh there's, I mean, there's no doubt, man. There's no... Uh, <laughs> anyone that says that uh, the PS3 doesn't just fucking uh, stomp the 360 out as far as performance is... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. You got inferior storage media for the games. You got inferior storage capability because, I mean, I have what, when it when it came out of the box, was a 60-gigabyte PS3. Right now it's a 500-gigabyte PS3, and I spent about $90 to make it that way. You can't yeah, do that. Which is being, not bad, considering the alternative, if, you know, if you adopted the... Uh, the Xbox, you know, I mean, they they lost big on the uh, the memory card bullshit, um, you know. So they made that deal with Sandisk to make those uh, licensed ones. But now you can use any thumb drive or flash uh, memory drive rather. And I think you can even use uh, other external devices, but it'll be slower. But you know, and, and then you talk about the, you know the slim. It has a, a different hard drive as far as like fitting, you know, on the console as far as I know. And uh, even that, you know, you have to go out of your way to get a fucking transfer cable, you know? And it's like, come on, seriously, you know, just to transfer my game saves and my fucking profile over and all the other shit I have, you know, you know, Zoom Marketplace or TV shows or whatever the fuck you have on it. It's just ridiculous, man. And then, you know, you, you can't use, 
like you guys for the PS3, you can uh, you can use an external hard drive, right, of any size. Is that uh? Yeah, you can. I mean, you can plug it. You can plug an external hard drive into um, one of the USB ports, and finally, you can do that with the 362. But yeah, up to up to a certain amount, you know, because they they still want to fuck you and make you you know buy a fucking 250 gig hard drive or you know, you know, because the I think the well, the SKUs that they're phasing out, I guess, with the, the pros are like, uh, was it 60 gig? And then from there, it's like 120 and then 250, I think, right? Is that the three now? Well, with the Slim, they're phasing out everything that, that's not the Slim. Yeah. Eventually, there's going to be an arcade Slim. And then, and that's, that's what I was laughing at because I happened to be on a road trip and I went into a couple of Best Buys this past Saturday. I walk into one in New Jersey, and what do I see as soon as I walk in? A stack of Final Fantasy 13 and oh, Modern Warfare 2 360. <clears throat> I'm like, yeah, there's some nice paperweights right there. Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, who's gonna buy that? If you can, if you have a, if you can get the slim, because it's you know obviously in stores. Rich one, Rich got one for his birthday last week. Nobody's going to buy an older PS3. There's, there's no sensible reason to buy it unless it's, like, really that much cheaper and you're a parent trying to get one to satisfy your kid for Christmas. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing, and that's what they should be pushing for. And I think that, you know, you look at the sales of these consoles, and, uh, you know, obviously price drops, you know, are always a big boost, and they're always going to help you. But, you know, yeah, you know, those SKUs are going to be phased out, but then your your average you know, person, you know, my mom walks into a fucking, you know, Best Buy or Target or whatever, and she sees that, you know, fucking Xbox, you know, 360 Pro, or they fucking called it, and the, the arcade, you know, oh, they're all, they're all discounted, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy fucking, you know, one for my son, and it's like, yeah, ma, that's, uh, that's being phased out, you fucked up, you know, <laughs> so it's, I think people will pick them up not knowing, you know, not, you know, because E3 still apparently hasn't reached, you know, everyone yet, you know, people are still going to run out and fucking buy it. You know, they'll just be walking through the store. They'll be walking through Target, you know, picking up their fucking shitty frames and shit or pots for their plants and then go, oh, a fucking Xbox is 100 bucks. I'll fucking take that. You know, not knowing that there's a better system, you know, right around the corner. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? The, the fact is the, that the slim, the, the slim console, if you walk into any Best Buy now, it's sold out. Like, oh, I, got really? the la- I got the last one at uh, a Best Buy near me because my fiancé called it a favor. The fact is that you're going to start seeing a huge influx of what I like to call the Republican Xboxes because everybody's buying the Barack Obamas. So, you know, everybody, everybody wants a Barack box, period. Everybody wants a Barack box because it's a bigger hard drive. you got Wi-Fi. you got all the cool shit. And, you know, everybody's going to toss their, you know, their Republican Xboxes out the fucking window. The fact is you're going to start seeing more Xboxes on eBay, you know, with 120 gig hard drives or 250 gig hard drives because everybody's going to want the the fancy pretty one with all the shit built in. Here's what's going to happen. Within the next 90 days, I guarantee you that they're going to discount the arcade system probably to 149 or lower to clear them out. There's going to be a slight boost in sales. And then they're just going to go, oh, yeah, get the Slim Arcade. So everybody's going to be sitting at home like, fuck, I bought this one? And now I can't. And it's going to be just a consistent cycle of it being bought, 
resold, upgraded, bought, resold, and upgraded until they finally phased them all out. You know, it, it's got to be working for it, man. You know, honestly, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, that might be why, you know, they're doing as well as they are. You know, besides, you know, the fact that my fucking, you know, I'm on my sixth one, and, you know, I bought five fucking Xboxes from these motherfuckers. You know, it's it's got to be that, that they just keep leading on. And, you know, obviously it's marketing, you know, it's common business sense, too. You know, look, this is shiny. And, I mean, you know, at least the Slim looks visually, you know, more appealing. You know, just just like the the PS3 Slim, I thought, looked a lot better. You know, it looked a lot, um, uh, besides slimmer, you know, it looked like a lot sleeker, like a little more streamlined, I thought, you know. Um, but the, the Xbox 360 Slim, you know, it looks a lot better. And, you know, and then when you turn it or when you look at it from a side profile, you know, it kind of has that, like, um... X kind of shape to it, you know, uh, vaguely. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a sexy-looking system. And, of course, you know, the people that want to drop down the money, they're going to go through and they're going to be like, oh, this fucking thing is hot. I'm going to fucking buy it. I don't even know what it does, but you know what? Fuck it. And well, then, you know, like you said with the... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, what I was going to what I was gonna say was that, with that being said, I'm, I'm actually... Um, two things i got to say. Um, it's 1.15, so the show may go into bonus time, so... If the live feed does end, you can get the remainder of the show via archive. The second thing is, um, Slick, I want you to stick around for this next news, uh, this next piece of news because I'm more than sure your opinion on it is going to be just as valid as Kyle's opinion. So, with that being said, go, go ahead, Kyle, and finish your point because you're gonna, you guys are gonna love the next bit of news. Well, I just, I just want to apologize if I'm uh, too long-winded. I just, uh, I tend to go on tangents and then just brutally fucking destroy a topic, so I apologize. Uh, no, 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 it's, <laughs> it's not even, it's not even that because the, the dialogue on it is, is applicable and it's fine. It's just the fact that, you know, it, it's such a diverse topic and usually gaming and movies takes up a bulk of the show. So, you know, and we've been having bonus show, especially now that Blog Talk Radio does it. So, if I just want to let the the, the listeners know in case that you know, one thirty strikes and we're not done that they can catch the rest on archive. No, right on. But, I mean, if I if I keep going long or whatever, you you can just tell me to shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, of course. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys know how I run the shows. I mean, Slick will tell you. But, but like you were saying, you know, real quick, it's just a, it's a vicious cycle. You know, basically, as soon as those arcades and those pro, those pro uh, SKUs are done, you know, they're all sold out and shit, they're just going to do the same fucking thing with a Slim, you know, because by that time, they're ready to drop a price on that shit, it'll probably be the new console cycle. You know, and this little waiting th- game they have with uh, Sony and Nintendo, so well, it's just it's just going to keep happening and happening and happening, and God only knows. Well, to, to to close it out, I guarantee you, and you guys will probably agree that by the time the holidays roll around, you'll be able to pick up an Xbox 360 Pro Slim Edition with a 500 gig hard drive. I would hope so if they keep making these special edition bullshit fucking bundles like, uh, what was it, Final Fantasy Thirteen and, uh, was it, uh, shit, Call of Duty, uh... Yep, Modern Warfare. Yeah, that shit fuck game. Oh, I fucking hate that. I'm sorry, but I, I hate that game with a badger. But yeah, <laughs> well, you, you know, if, if they're going to come up with those those special bundles, then where's the fucking $500, I mean, <laughs> $500, might as well be, the uh, 500 gig uh, hard drive, you know? I uh, guarantee you, come November... There'll be a 500 gig hard drive, and what they're going to market themselves as is going to be the fact that the system has the largest storage capacity right out of the box, which is going to be their their selling point. Those that are uninformed, see like myself, Slick, 
and uh, some of the listeners, they know that you can upgrade the hard drive on the PS3 and have 500 gig yourself with a $90 investment. But with the price of uh, storage media dropping, I can almost guarantee we will see a, a 500 gig Xbox 360 by the holiday season. Mm. What do you think, Slick? You think we'll see a 500 gig come Christmas time? Uh, it's possible. Uh, I don't think Microsoft is is um, savvy enough on that because they're gonna want something they they can sell and and sell and make some good money on. Because you know how they rape us with the hard drives. <laughs> well, it's they'll like, probably do it as a bundle. They'll probably say, uh, you know, like a big holiday release. Let's use uh, Halo Reach. You can get a Halo Reach 500 gig Xbox 360 bundle for you know 3.99. Boom! There it is. That's your that's your ninety dollars. You know the because the average uh, you know three and a half um, two and a half hard drive is is ninety bucks hundred bucks. So they'll just roll that in there. So you'll end up paying that. Yeah, I hear you with that. But um, I still I, I say only if they do something new with Xbox Live where you're gonna be downloading a lot more stuff like they did when Netflix came out. But it's like. Microsoft is getting, like, their biggest enemy, Apple. It's like, this Xbox is like the freaking iPhone 4. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's an interesting assessment. Well, here, here, here's the funny thing and how it relates to the iPhone. Um, the fact is that it was announced today that officially Hulu will be coming to consoles, the iPad, and the iPhone. Um, Josh actually put a, a, a really great question on the fan page about it. The fact is that if you're an iPhone or iPad subscriber, you're going to pay $10 a month for Hulu Plus. Now, yeah. you're going to be paying the $10 for Hulu Plus for those systems, and probably they're going to find a way to roll it into the uh, consoles. But the fact is that you're paying all this money for Hulu Plus, and you're still getting commercials. Oh, are you serious? Yep. You're so, fucking kidding me. Yeah, so you're paying ten dollars. You pay ten bucks a month, and then they still sh they do that fucking. This shit was presented to you by you know fucking. Yep. They, oh fuck that! Oh my god. See, I figured you guys, and that's why I um I, I you know I wanted Slick to stay on because we all watch massive amounts of TV and we DVR a lot of stuff. And you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes Hulu is a lifesaver, especially if I got to do stuff that's wrestling related. Because, you know, I can pull a lot of WWE programming off of Hulu. But the fact of the matter is that you're going to pay 10 bucks a month and you're going to be getting it. The PlayStation 3 is getting Hulu Plus in July. Xbox 360 users are going to have to be waiting till next year, and I guarantee you that's because some money exchange hands. Yeah. Of course, you'll be able to see Hulu on the computer and eventually on Internet-enabled televisions and Blu-ray players from Samsung, Sony, and Vizio. So... Do you guys think that ten bucks a month with commercials is 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 a worthy investment, especially on a console or on a cell phone? And and I'll start with Slick first. You know, I'm not surprised at all with that bullshit because you think about it. If you what's the the next big 3D movie? The Last Airbender just came out. If you go and spend your whatever sixteen to twenty dollars to go see that shit in three D, guess what you're gonna see before the movie? Commercials that you will see on T V. Oh god. Yep. 
And then That's you'll right. see the, the stupid commercials for the theater. And then you'll see a bunch of bullshit trailers. That's right. So you'll be sitting there for 20 minutes to a half hour before the actual movie starts. Yeah, you forget what the fuck you came there for. Exactly. Well, with that being said, would you go and, and pay $10 for Hulu Plus and say, and let's say do away with your cable? The only way I would possibly do that is if I can watch these shows live as they would normally broadcast on their on their respective channels. If they have access to every channel that I would, you know, potentially watch, and if somehow like there were some extras, like let's take a show like Family Guy, if let's say it's uncensored. Oh yeah, right on, right on. Okay. Then I might do it because for ten bucks, yeah, it'd be better than paying for freaking Time Warner. Okay. Well, what about you, Kyle? If you were in that same predicament, would you? Do you see any incentive to spend ten ten dollars a month on a con, You know, on the console uh, Hulu. And the reason I'm asking you is because I'm going to reference what Josh put on 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 the fan page. And if you guys go to the fan page, you can give your take on it. So. With that being said, Kyle, what do you think? Well, thank God Slick went first, because I think I was about to have a fucking aneurysm. Um, the idea that they're going to fucking charge. You know what? Sony, I apologize. Apparently Hulu and whoever the fuck owns them, uh, apparently they they just like shitting all over their fucking their uh, fan base or user base or whatever. Um, if I pay you, you know, and, and, you know, not to go back into gaming, but I... It, you know, the Xbox, you know, there's a bunch of ads, and I don't know how the PSN uh, is, but I'm assuming there's uh, ads and stuff in there, right? Yeah, there's ads on PlayStation Home as well, so. But if I'm paying 10 bucks to watch a month, you know, just like I do, because I, I have Netflix. I like Netflix a lot. Because, um, you know, it's either Netflix or I fucking do the torrent thing, you know, because I'm just tired of fucking paying for shitty movies. But anyway, uh, if I pay them 10 bucks to fucking watch a a show, you know, or TV on my console or on my iPhone or whatever the fuck I have, my, you know, internet-ready TV or whatever, um, and there's a fucking commercial in there, I'm gonna fucking, like, Hadouken the fucking TV. Like, there's no, like, I'm seriously gonna fucking go, I mean, thank God you said that, because I, I was kind of excited, because I was like, oh, 10 bucks a month, you know, I do the same thing with Netflix, so that's interesting, you know, cut the fucking cable bill and I'll, I'll just do that. Um... But holy shit, I would have fucking thrown my TV out of the fucking window and probably, you know, chopped my Xbox up with a fucking fire axe. But that's, 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 uh, yeah, fuck that. You know, I, I watch TV, um, like, usually I can't even stand watching regular TV, you know, like, like live as it happens, because the commercials just piss me the fuck off, you know, and I just, I, I can't fucking do it because I just lose my mind. Um, especially if it's like a show like, well, I know Lost is off the air, but, uh, any show that requires you to think a little bit, which are rare, um, but it, when the, when all of a sudden a, a fucking two-minute block of commercials happens, like in the middle of like a plot development, I'm like fucking seriously, like Breaking Bad, you know, I'll watch that and all of a sudden there's a commercial and I'm like, great, you know, could we go back to cooking meth and the fucking repercussions of that, you know, instead of hearing about fucking vaginal rejuvenation or some fucking, you know, penis cream bullshit, whatever they have late at night. But... It, yeah, you know, and so basically I just torrent them. You know, honestly, I'll go online, and if it's up on the torrents, I'll fucking download the newest show, or I'll just wait, you know, for a season to pass, 
And if it's not on Netflix, then I'll just download that shit. Because, I'm sorry, if this, if the, the only other answer, like a pay solution, is with ads, fuck that. There ain't no fucking way. Well, here's the, here's the kicker for you guys, and you guys will love this. For those of you that are out there with the iPhone or the iPad, for instance, um, you obviously know that the Death Star, known as AT&T, has decided to do away with unlimited data plans for the iPhone and the iPad. Um, they ended up doing a 2-gig cap on store on bandwidth, and their rationale is pretty much, oh, yeah, we did a 2-gig cap because nobody's going to spend it. And yeah. the reason why I'm referencing Josh's question on the on the fan page is because he broke it down like this: You're gonna pay ten bucks to watch TV shows with commercials in them, and if you're traveling with, say, your iPad or your iPhone, within four hours, you're gonna eat away that two gig cap of yeah, bandwidth exactly. and AT and T. So you're yeah. gonna pretty much be paying to watch TV with commercials on the go on a device <laughs> that doesn't have unlimited bandwidth, <laughs> and you're Still getting commercials, yeah, which I'm surprised people hour. didn't people didn't answer on the fan page because it's pretty much a screw job because you're you're paying for this service and the incentive is instant gratification, not instant commercials. I know you guys got to do revenue, but you can just as easily put a little bar on the bottom with an ad yeah. like YouTube does, and and not make it so invasive, you know. I mean, it's still fucking annoying, but you know what? It's better than those. And once again, fucking, I think it's AMC that Breaking Bad's on. You'll you'll be watching Breaking Bad, which I, I don't. Know, have you ever watched that show, uh, Rich or Slick? I've I've watched it once or twice. I've I gotta sit down and you know go through it and watch it you know in one shot. Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome, man. But I mean, serious shit's going down. Like basically, this guy's cooking fucking meth, and of course that's not legal. So there's implications of that and shit. He's got family shit and all this other stuff. But, you know, Mexican fucking drug lords and all this other shit. But, uh, you know, I'm watching Breaking Bad, right? They're cooking math, and then, like, you know, some huge, like, fucking um, uh, reaction happened to one of this guy's choices or whatever. And then in the fucking corner of the goddamn screen, there's, like, fucking, I don't know, some, like, uh, so you think you could dance or fucking, I don't even know what the fuck is on AMC anymore. But, like, just some crazy shit that has fucking nothing to do with what I'm watching. All huge and super and fucking posed and shit. Dancing on the screen. Seriously. Like, what What the fuck? So, and if, if this fucking... If Hulu's going to be the same way, then I'm just going to fucking... I, I can't. I can't fucking do it. That's, that's really the big gripe with Hulu is just that. Because it's like, you pay for Netflix, and when you stream movies off of Netflix, there's no trailers, there's no extras. It's the movie, and you're done. Which is weird. Because I thought, you know, the solution for Netflix to actually survive... You know, besides making deals with all these movie uh, studios and all these companies, you know, basically saying, like, listen, you know, we won't put shit up on instant streaming or for, like, uh, like the actual hard disk, um, the K, or the Q, or whatever the fuck you pronounce, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, we won't put that out immediately when a DVD releases or a Blu-ray releases. We'll hold back a couple months so you can catch up on your sales, you know, while it's still fresh in people's minds. And then... After three, four, five, six, whoever the fuck knows with certain companies, like especially with Warner Brothers, then we'll release it on instant streaming, and then we'll be you'll be able to add it to your queue to have it shipped to your house, you know. And and I was surprised that you know I got Netflix and I I've never seen a fucking ad. And at first I was like, oh they're gonna fuck me. It's gonna be like something like fuck. I'm gonna watch like three movies and then it's gonna come up like, hey you should upgrade your shit because now we're gonna fucking throw an ad at you every fucking five seconds. 
But, like, somehow they're making it work, and I don't understand why Hulu can't make it work. I think it's fucking bullshit. Well, to, to you know, get, get the most out of the, the last bit of the live show, there's, uh, there's two other bits of news here that you guys are going to love. Um, Nintendo was recently asked at E3 if they're going to be introducing any new franchises or characters. And according to the Sankei newspaper, my, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto said, we need new game characters soon. Maybe we can move forward on that next year. When asked about Nintendo's next game during the stockholders meeting June 29th, he said that, you know, we're looking into developing new franchises and new characters, and you're going to start seeing stuff shortly. During the meeting, he was asked about Apple and the iPad, and they asked if Nintendo would release games on the tablet. So his response was, other companies are continuously bringing out interesting devices. What about supporting them with Nintendo software? He was met with response from, uh, uh, Satoru Iwata Nintendo software and hardware are the same thing other companies don't share Nintendo's values or traditions when it comes to cre- creating devices we're absolutely not thinking of that now before I get your, before I get your opinion on this you guys are going to uh, here's, here's how I see this shit you have an iPad you have a tablet um, you have an iPhone or an iPod and they decide and you decide hey I can buy Mario just the original Mario, nothing new, on the tablet or on iTunes. You download it. After you finish playing the game, you can, you can put a little thing at the end and say, <clears throat> you know, you can pick up the Mario collection for the Nintendo DS. Yeah. What, let me tell you something. Why is Nintendo fucking afraid of making money? What is wrong with that? Nobody's telling you, hey, put, you know, Kid Icarus from the 3DS on the iPad or the iPhone, but why don't you put, yeah, why don't you put, you know, Super Mario Brothers 1, or, you know, fucking track and field where you move your fingers on a virtual power pad, you know, something small and minuscule, how about putting Duck Hunt, and you can navigate the cursor with your finger and just tap the screen to shoot ducks, why is Nintendo always so hard pressed to not make any money? You want the answer? Before uh, I get the answer from you, I just got the 90-second announcement for the live feed. For any of you guys that are still listening, you can call in and listen through the phone, like click post it in the forum, or you can download the archive show either from blogtalkradio.com slash mytakeradio. You can also get it from iTunes, or you can listen to it on the virtual player on mytakeradio.com. So, again, you can get all that and the bonus show content with the archived episode. So for those of you that are remaining around to listen to the rest of it, thanks. For those of you that aren't, you can catch the rest on the archive. Peace. All right, Slick, go ahead. Hit us with your um, with your insight first. It's very simple. Nintendo is a Japanese company and Apple is an American company. And no matter how much they sell over here, the Japanese philosophy is fuck the United States. Very That's true. Why. Yeah, but Japan is basically like another state. I mean, honestly. <laughs> no, seriously, after <laughs> World War II, we dropped, you know, two bombs on their ass. You know, we pretty much made them our bitch. You know, they make our Sonys and our fucking uh, cameras and all that other bullshit. And, uh, I don't know, I'm just talking about my ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, that's really been flipped because nowadays Japan makes us their bitch. Because look how much of our of their shit we have. Dude, we we're, we're everyone's TV. bitch at this point. True. Right. No, dude, go go ahead, man. 
No, I was agreeing with you. Oh, right on. Yeah, it, uh, Nintendo is, is just fucking, you know, what Slick, what Slick uh, just said is totally, like, on the fucking, hit the nail on the head, man. You know, Apple is an American company, obviously, and then you have uh, Nintendo, who is, like, so, like, <laughs> they're so Japanese that it's, like, it's almost a hindrance to them. You know, because, like, the quote you read off um, from that uh, Japanese gentleman, uh, what was it? He said that they don't understand our hardware and software. What did he say? He, that well, no. The, what, what happened was when the reporter asked about the iPad or the, um, the iPhone and would Nintendo's release games on the tablet, for instance, the response was other companies are continuously bringing out interesting devices. And... Um, they asked, you know, the next question was, you know, well, what about them supporting Nintendo software? The response from Iwata was that Nintendo software and hardware are the same thing. And yeah. he, he feels that companies don't share Nintendo's values and traditions when it comes to creating devices. Yeah, exactly. Um, the okay, values they're, both, they're both white. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we can start with that. They're, they're both white, and you can play games with really tiny little sprites, and they're usually instantly gratifying games that have a niche market. Oh, yeah, you guys aren't the same. <laughs> what is that? Well, I think, you know, you look at Apple products, and, you know, the, the Apple versus Microsoft debate is, is the eternal fucking flame that will never go out, honestly. Um, it, the best argument I've heard is that, and I, I own an Apple product. I own an iMac. I don't have a PC uh, anywhere near me because uh, I'm fucking tired of that shit. I've had a, a long enough run with PCs that I don't need to touch one ever fucking again. Um, but, uh, unless that work or shit, you know how it goes. But, uh, you know, Apple's a very closed-in system. You know, it's basically like a communist kind of system where basically, you know, what you get is what you get. It'll run, it'll do everything you want to fucking do, but anything you want to fucking change, good fucking luck. Like, you can, you can crack you know, I could crack my fucking iMac open and, you know, start throwing shit in there. But will I do that? Fuck no, because I really don't understand computer hardware and I'm not about to fucking crack the case of my Mac to go fucking digging in there with some crazy magical fucking bullshit that they put it together with, you know? And then, you know, you look at a PC where, you know, you can basically make a fucking hot rod. You can do anything with it. You're going to have a lot of problems because a, a PC is, is just going to, besides throw errors, will just lock up. Whereas a Mac, <clears throat> you know, it just, uh, it won't lock up. Well, it does occasionally, obviously. It's still a computer-run programs. But if it starts, if, if the computer feels, and I use that term loosely, that the, uh, you know, the system's going to crash or whatever, it'll just, you know, close that program. So each system is like, you know, to each their own. You know, they do things, like Slick was saying about the consoles, they each do something very well. But for this guy to say <laughs> uh, that they don't understand, like, our, our, the, our traditions, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, your traditions of releasing one game a fucking year, you know, from your first party, and then having totally no third-party support besides fucking bullshit shovelware. And you look at the iPhone, there's a whole fucking lot of shovelware. And granted, you know, it's fucking a dollar, so people are just compelled to fucking buy it. You know, we're not even talking a, a, a carrot leading a donkey. These people see a dollar, and, and, dude, I'm guilty of it too, man. I got an iPod Touch, and I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to keep downloading it until I have no money left, because I might as fucking well. Because it's, it's instant gratification, and... There you go. And for this guy to say, like, oh, this, this silly American company doesn't understand, like, serious, Mario, like, 
seriously, Donkey Kong, Zelda, like, is this guy on the same fucking planet that we're on, honestly, because I don't know where the hell he's coming from. That, well, you know what it is, and, and this is the situation, pretty much it boils down to the, the clear-cut fact that, that, you know, companies like EA are putting games on the iPad, companies like Microsoft, there's Microsoft shit that's on, that's on Apple devices. You know, there's Bing. You could download Bing for the fucking iPhone. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that Nintendo wants to be in their own little universe, and they don't want to come out. It's very jingoistic, very, very internal. It's all about us and Nintendo and this and that and the third. And you know what happens to companies like that? They become Sega. <laughs> That's what fucking happens. They eventually come in. They, they, they stay so enclosed. And don't get me wrong, the reason why Nintendo will never become Sega is because they're such a hardcore following, and Nintendo knows that they have certain little tricks up their sleeve that can continue to make people buy their products. But on the same token, you have to take into account that sometimes you've got to play a little nice. You've yeah. got to play a little nice with the other guys. Because down the road, they, they may have something that you may want. It, it's like, eventually, and that's why Apple and Nintendo are always going to be at odds because Apple is trying to become Nintendo and Nintendo's yeah. trying to become the next Apple. Both guys are trying to meet in the middle to be the same thing because what Nintendo's doing <laughs> is they're taking the DS and they're slowly turning it into an iPod Touch. Slowly but surely. You yeah. know, uh, gyroscope, uh, meter, um, touchscreen, all that stuff is slowly going into iPod territory. And then iPod is slowly going into DS territory, you know, Plants vs. Zombies, you know, console games, you can play fucking Sonic. You know, it, it's going to be something where eventually those two are going to be the two companies battling it out, and Sony's just going to be like, you know what, we're pulling out of the portable, out of the portable business. That's what it's well. going to be. They're losing yeah, big. Yeah, should write down. That's what's going to happen. Sony's going to be like, you know what, fuck you guys. You guys take that, we'll deal with the real money, you know, $300 consoles. I mean, I think that would that would you know stem some of the hemorrhaging you know that's going on internally with Sony as far as you know being in the red and losing out because they're you know and, and then you know their answer you know to try to solve it was the PSP Go which was fucking retarded um, you know because you're counting on people to have Wi-Fi and I you know granted Wi-Fi is you know popular it's out and about and shit like that but once you cut out you know your consumers you know your loyal uh, buyers who bought the, all those fucking UMDs. And then you're going to go, hey, by the way, fuck you, here's the PSP Go. That's not a solution. You know, one, it's a cop-out to try to change in a different direction, to try to go with, like, the, uh, the Nintendo route, you know, where you can download games and stuff from the Nintendo store. Um, but it's just, you know, it's weak sauce, man, and, and they're definitely paying for it. And, I mean, right now, like you're saying, you know, you're looking at Apple trying to become Nintendo, and, you know, Apple's found that market, and it's only a matter of time before their devices get more and more... I don't know if ergonomic is the word for it, but, like, easier to control. Because a lot of games on, on, the, on the Touch, at least, I haven't, you know, uh, used the, the iPad, the iMaxi fucking patch or whatever. Uh, I haven't used that yet. But, on, you know, on the uh, iPod Touch, you know, it's, it's accurate to a point. You know, and, and then some, some games are fucking terrible. Other games use it really, really well. You know, whether it's, a, it's the gameplay that uses the touchscreen or if it's just the, you know, the, the sensitivity of the touchscreen itself. So they definitely found the market, you know, especially with the 99 cent downloads and even, you know, uh, the apps that they have, obviously, and stuff like that. But uh, Nintendo just, 
blows my fucking mind. You know, they make all this money. They, they're killing the fucking the industry. You know, they're making a killing, and I think they're ruining it uh, at the same time. But it's like they still don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, <laughs> they're 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 threatened but not threatened at the same time. Like they're just completely apathetic. Like we're just gonna do fucking whatever, and people will buy it or not. We don't care. Well, that's the pro- that's the problem. As much as Apple and Nintendo are at odds, their fan base is the same. There's an undying and unwavering loyalty to the brand, to the product, and to every little thing that they put out. And the fact is that eventually somebody's going to have to fall in line and 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 play nice. Because yeah. the way I see it is, even even Nintendo and so even Microsoft and and Sony realize that Nintendo is the enemy. Yeah. You you notice that all the jabs now aren't so much back and forth between Sony and Nintendo. It's more so jabs at at Nintendo. I mean, uh, Sony and Microsoft because they're jabbing at Nintendo because Nintendo's the leader. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to make a statement. One thing I just gotta interrupt for one second. Right, one reason why Nintendo's the leader, and as long as the Wii is their console it's never going to change because the thing is, it doesn't matter how low Sony or, or uh, Microsoft make the price and it doesn't hurt Microsoft as much as it hurts Sony. They're selling these consoles at a loss. Yeah, exactly. Nintendo Wii is the freaking Air Jordan of consoles. (laughs) It costs like five cents to make each Wii and they got like freaking Little immigrant children, eight years old, losing their fingers making that shit, just like you would make a fucking Air Jordan, and they're selling it for like one ninety nine, making all kinds of buttloads of profit, and every three sixty and freaking PS three is being sold basically at a loss. Well, you know, I mean, you are right in, in respect to that, but the problem is that eventually. What's going to happen is the, the novelty of the Wii is going to wear out, which is already happening. And here's, here's where the kicker comes in. Nintendo has two options right now. And if they go with the secondary option, they're going to have a problem. Obviously, they put out Wii Fit. They put out all this stuff. We bought it all. Now, with the, the evolution of, of, of medium as we know it, you know, with 3D TVs, 1080p, and, and all that out there, Nintendo's in a corner because they're like, all right, we need to stay in the whole co- home console market. And they're like, all right, well, what are we going to do? All right, let's put out a new console. Shit, we can't. Why? Oh, we just put out the 3DS. So what will happen is they're going to invest their focus into the 3DS, and they're going to kind of make the Wii an ancillary product instead of them making the Wii a core product. The Wii's just going to be there, and it's going to be, you know, hey, we're going to put out all these kind of cool games, and there's going to be maybe one or two great games every three months. But all their investment right now is in the 3DS because what's going to happen is the 3DS is going to come out and it's going to be king of the heap in terms of, co- of portable gaming. Once Nintendo's up there and they got a nice comfortable lead, they're just going to be like, all right, we don't have to play with the 3DS for, for a year or two. Let's put out this new Wii. And when the new Wii comes out, they're going to go like this. Yeah, we put out a new Wii, but guess what? It's compatible with fucking everything. So you can mm. buy it if you want. See, Nintendo is good for that. They'll be like, all right, you can play old Wii games, GameCube games, all of that, 
They, they might even throw a fucking slot in there for you to play, like, Game Boy Advance games for the people that complain that the new 3DS doesn't have it. And that'll motivate people to buy it. That's what's going to happen. They're, they're, they're going to invest every ounce of talent and energy into the 3DS because they want to be number one to the point where it's going to take Apple five years to get near that. That's what they want to do. They kind of want to run away with the train. I think you're right, but also I think, I think that in terms of the Wii, the reasoning is a little bit different. I think in terms of whatever the hell the next console is going to be called, they're trying to do the same thing that they did with the Wii. Okay. Part of the reasoning behind the Wii, you know, being as outdated as it basically was even at launch was, like I said, it's the whole Air Jordan theory. Shit is cheap to make. The technology is dirt cheap. And guess what? What's becoming dirt cheap right now? 1080p technology. So the next Wii or whatever it's called will be supporting full HD and everything, and it's going to be dirt cheap because they're basically waiting until it's cheap as shit to make a new console. They're not going to go as crazy as Sony or or, um, Microsoft. And they're gonna put something out there cheap. Yeah, they will probably come out before <laughs> either of the other new consoles because Sony. It doesn't matter what they say; they have to make the PS3 last ten years because that's yeah. the only way it's gonna be profitable. Definitely. Yep. Well, they're finally turning a profit on it, and the whole reasoning why I wanted, you know, and Slick, you're gonna you're gonna stay on for the remainder, is is the fact that. You know, we're talking about all this stuff and how Nintendo's, have put, you know, putting their eggs in one basket. And the whole reason why this conversation came into play was, one, because of the whole Apple thing, but, two, because I got May's MPD numbers in. And Uh-oh. here's some cra- – here, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, guys, that it's always a setup. When In hardware sales, for the month of May, the Nintendo DS sold yeah. 383,000 units. What the fuck, dude? To who? Exactly. Who doesn't have a fucking DS? Seriously. But it gets better. The Wii is number two. With 334,000. Exactly. See what yeah, I'm saying? Black, from my mother on Mother's Day. Yep. There you go. Well, it comes in white also, but the point is that it's the Wii that has the built-in uh, Wii Motion Plus and comes with oh, okay. Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort. So basically, the core console is only 130 right now, but they still charge 199 and bundle 70 bucks worth of free shit in there. Yeah, exactly. But here it gets better. You, as obviously, both of these numbers are over 300,000, nearly four in the DS's case. The Xbox 360 only sold 194,600 units. Yeah, I guarantee. Still a good day. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still a good day, but I guarantee you that the 360 will probably be number one with the Slim next month. I think so. Just on yeah. just on the premise of what Slick said with Although, the Wii. once those pre-orders for the uh, 3DS uh, become live, I think that's just going to be the fucking. Does MVD does that count? Does do pre-orders no. count towards MVD, or is it just uh, new sales? Yeah, it's actual no, it sales. It's actual hardware sales, and here's the crazy thing. 154,500 PlayStation 3s were sold. Nice. And here, yeah, but here's the best part. The, the lowly PSP, 59,000 
consoles sold. I'm wow. surprised it sold that much. Yeah, no shit. Why the why the jump of the was there a game release or something for the uh, the goer or was it a, a SOCOM game that came out or is that for the um, that's for the uh, the future? It might release, be the right? announcement of the next um, God of War title. Oh that's yeah, probably, that's right. That's probably one reason, or the fact that the the PSP is so easily hackable. Yeah, no shit. So you know you got to look at it like this, and here's the best part: the PS3 was more than, you know, sales on the Wii and the 3DS were doubled over the PS3. The PS3 sold 154. The Wii and the DS, a a portable console sold double than a console that has Blu-ray. Jesus. Well, you you know, it just goes back to what we were saying. You see why Nintendo is investing so much money in the, in the 3DS, man? Because when the 3DS comes out, you're going to look at MPD numbers, and it's going to be like, 3DS, 400,000 units every month. Nobody's going to touch that. No one. But, but the Nintendo, though, is, is one, they're, they're schizophrenic. <clears throat> and then, two, they, they just don't support shit. You know, and, okay, you know, they got the Wii. And then they're like, oh, we got the fucking DS. And then, like, uh, Slick was saying, you know, about the, the cost of actually making the hardware and making the consoles. You know, the whole DS thing is, you know, is because of the, the price for the screens dropped. So they were like, well, fuck it. We'll just put fucking two screens on it. And then it came to the point where, you know, the technology was there to have, like, a, a touch screen. So why did you have two touch screens? Well, because the technology was too expensive to have two when they could just put one and then have the other LCD or whatever the fuck it is screen on there. And then now, you know, it's getting, you know, obviously with the 3DS and the 3D technology, you know, they're backing that and they're pushing it. But, you know, they they can't fucking, they can't just pick one thing. And I'm, and I'm not faulting them for being multi-faceted, uh, I guess, as a company. But literally, it's like, it's, it's a shiny fucking object to a, a kid with ADD. Because literally, fucking, uh, the guy must be, the head of fucking Nintendo just must be sitting in this ivory fucking Mario Tower or whatever, and fucking, you know, staring down at the fucking Mario apocalypse that's going around and around him. And it just must be like, you know what, I'm 3D uh, handheld console. And then fucking, you know, two weeks later, you know, he wakes up in his uh, Donkey Kong pajamas, and he's like, you know what, we're going to have a Wii HD. And then, you know, he's just, it, it, I just, I don't fucking get it. They, and but yet they fucking they make so much goddamn money. It's I, I don't know if any other company tried to follow that business model, they would fail. They fucking that'd be it. Well, that's the thing, and 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 Slick is probably going to agree with this. When the 3DS drops, Nintendo's going to st- uh, phase out at least two DSs. It's going to probably phase out the DS regular. Yeah, the DS Lite, right? There is no DS regular. The DS regular is the DS Lite right now. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the DS Lite. They'll probably phase out the DS Lite. And, and the and DSi. Probably, yep, and they'll just leave the XL and the 3DS. Yeah. And the XL will drop at least $30 in price. But here's the real kicker. First of all, on its own merits, on the games that they showed at E3, the 3DS is going to explode. Like, the first month, it's going to be like the Wii all over again. It's, you know, people going to be going crazy if you'll be selling them on eBay. But if they really wanted to put the nail in the coffin, hey, pre-order your 3DS now, 
you get a free copy of Avatar because they already announced that shit as a movie playable on the system. And it also comes with a Samsung phone. It also comes with a Samsung phone from uh, from Android. You get Avatar preloaded on the phone. It's no funny shit. you say that. It's funny you say that because putting Avatar on there, dude, may just happen. That will be murder. First of all, it's, the freaking it's just a matter of fixing your PSP. Oh, all yeah. you have to do is you might as well stab your PSP, and you're going to just put your iPod Touch down for a while. Yeah, no shit. Oh, yeah. There, there, here's what the thing is. There's going to be 3D chat, um, full three-dimensional video chat between DS, between uh, 3DS owners. On top of that, they're going to start allowing ebook reading, which if they use the EPUB format or if they put a Kindle application on the 3DS, it's yeah. over. Because yeah. you turn it sideways, it looks like a book. You touch it to turn the pages. Oh my God, who's in trouble? Well, who's getting a little bit of fire under their ass? Apple is. Yeah. See, the main motivation behind Nintendo now is to take out Apple. Like, like yep. basically, Nintendo saying you're coming into our hood, making games and making all these promises. No. You guys are going to make music players, and you're going to make little phones and do all this cool shit, and you're going to stay the fuck out of my house. Well, I think, I think it's more of like fishing, though. Like, I, I think they're, you know, the, they've already got the casual market, Nintendo does. And then Apple's obviously been off a piece of that, you know, and gotten some uh, for them to work with. Yeah, they got 18% of the market share. And which is fucking crazy. Yep. I, I never thought, you know... In my life, I'd you know hear that that Apple had a, had a higher market share than fucking you know one percent, but uh, you know they're they're putting the work in, and I think Nintendo's just fishing. You know the ebook reader and the uh, the idea of like Nintendo apps, you know, or like a Nintendo app store, you know, uh, sim- similar to that of uh, you know obviously the the uh, Apple App Store or App Store, whatever it's called. Um, I think they're just kind of fishing to see what bites, and it, it, I think it, it just goes back to their, their schizophrenic fucking, their style, where they just want to see what takes off, because, I mean, they have those recipe, you know, those things that are not games for the DS, you know, where they're basically just recipe fucking, you know, cartridges or whatever, and you just, you know, plug them in, and you can cook with the fucking thing, and it talks to you, and all that other bullshit. Um, so I, I think, right. you know, obviously, it, it's a natural progression to have the ebook thing, because, the, you know, you look at the Kindle, like, you know, like you were saying, Rich, you know, having, like, a Kindle app, honestly, if it came down to it, if it's like, hey, you know, I can buy a fucking 3DS or I can buy a fucking Kindle, um, you know, 10 out of 10, I'm going with the fucking 3DS. Even if I don't play a fucking thing on it, at least it has the capability to do more than just, you know, give me a gray screen with black type that'll probably make my head explode if I read it for fucking two hours. Well, so, here's, here's the funny part. It's funny you bring that up, and, I, and I'll tell you what happened. Uh-oh. With the three, With the 3DS... They're allegedly going to add broadband already into it, Holy so I'm more shit. than sure that the 3DS is going to always have an always-on connection, similar to the Kindle, because it's become such an easy thing to do. What'll happen is that I'm more than sure Nintendo's going to use a proprietary carrier of their own, to where you'll always have unlimited data, or they'll partner with somebody like Sprint or something on the quiet and not tell anybody. And the fact of the matter is that once you add that connectivity to it. You can add location aware. You can add GPS. You can add 
you know, you can add ebook capabilities. You can be able to just download stuff over the air. Nintendo is having a very solid strategy, and they're really just like I, like you were saying, they're giving out little nuggets of stuff. Like, yeah, we're gonna do 3D chat soon. Gee, when the iPhone 4 was announced, what can you do? FaceTime, face-to-face video chat. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Who announced that? The 3DS. See what I mean? Like, there's there's gonna be a constant back and forth, which is gonna only benefit us. Yeah. Because thank we're gonna God. get a lot. We're going to get a lot more stuff, as, as, as especially, I know, you know, Handel is a, is a hardcore DS gamer, so he'll tell you, he's like, you know, if it has over-the-air downloads, you know, he'll be on a train going to work downloading a new game. Yeah. And that's if, the next if, nugget that I was going to tell you about, because they haven't even gone there yet. Mario is the flagship character of Nintendo, but when it comes to the DS, Mario doesn't, doesn't play that big a role. Right. The 3DS is coming out sometime next year, and so is the flagship portable title for for Nintendo. There's a new Pokemon coming out next year. Oh, baby. That's just going to go insane. (laughs) And guess what? That game's not even 3D. Right. Which means by 2012, you'll see a 3D Pokemon game. So is is that the Ebony Ivory one? Right. Yeah, the black and the white. Yeah, black and oh, white. My bad, black and white, yeah. Well, here, Wait, here's that, the best part. 3D? No shit. Well, here's the funny thing. In keeping with that, the MPD numbers for software, you guys oh, are going to love this. Red Dead Redemption for the 360, 945,900 copies. Jesus Christ. Wow. Red Dead Redemption for the PS3, 567,100. Yeah, wow, that's... That's kind of, that's impressive, honestly. Well, here, here's the funny part. The third most purchased game, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh, wow. 563,900. Holy shit. How well, long, has it, been, <laughs> how long has, has, has it been since Mario Galaxy 2 came out? Quite a while. Hmm. Yeah, because you think about it. What, what other game would Best Buy... Stay open past midnight on a Sunday for, because Nintendo games come out on Sundays. Yep. I picked up my copy of Super Mario Galaxy the day it came out at about 12.20 a.m. That's why it's never open late on a a weekend. Yep. Well, it gets better. Um, A software slump for the new UFC game, though, because Undisputed on the 360 only sold 221,000 copies. The PS3 version sold 192,300, which is, which is strange considering the game was very well done. After that, uh, the remaining MPD consoles that were, were, that were sold that I don't have the numbers for were the Wii Fit Plus with the balance board. And here's a good one. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alan so Wake. Alan Wake. Pokemon Soul Silver and Skate 3 for the 360. Round out the most sold games um, according to the MPD charts. Couple of things of note. Nintendo sells first party titles like crack in the projects. Mm. What number was, was Soul Silver out of 10? Nine. Like, now, here's one thing I just want to point out about that Pokemon Soul Silver is not an original title, it's a remake. Oh. Yep. 
Oh, really? And it's number nine out of the top ten selling games for me. That's sad. It is a problem, dude, and it's been out for a while. So, with that being said, you know, the MPD numbers are going to be ridiculous next month, especially post E3. So I'm definitely looking forward to them. With that being said, let's get into the, the movies real quick. A um, couple of things. First off, Variety reported that they finally figured out who's going to be playing Spider-Man in the Spider-Man reboot. It's a semi-unknown actor. His name is Andrew Garfield. You can look him up. He's in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus and in the new Facebook movie coming out called The Social Network. Is that is that the, the black kid? Did he get it? No. Uh, Andrew Garfield is a white guy. Andrew Garfield. He's going to be playing Peter Parker in the new Spider-Man reboot. Let me guess. It's like a, he's like a twig, right? Yeah, I'm he beat out. Right yep, he beat out Jamie Bell from Jumper, Anton Yelchin, Aaron Johnson from Kick-Ass, Alden um, Aaron Reich from Tetro, and Logan Lerman from Percy Jackson. Yeah, I was um, surprised the kid from, um, what was it, uh, shit, uh, Kick-Ass. I'm surprised he didn't... Uh, he would have been great for it because he looks like Peter Parker. I mean, he's he's British, but I mean, he did a good American accent in um, uh, Kick-Ass, so I, I don't know. That's weird. Well, it's funny because Mark Webb, you know, he stated this is his reasoning for picking Garfield. He goes, though his name may be new to many, those who know this young actor's work understand his extraordinary talents. He has a rare combination of intelligence, wit, and humanity. Mark my words, you'll love Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. Or, or not. He has a freaking giraffe neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah, Peter like, Parker's going to be wearing a lot a, of turtlenecks. He has a good look for, for Peter Parker as a teenager, but he's got that freaking giraffe neck. What the hell? And he's 26 years old, by the way. Well, aren't they? I thought they were going to try to push like a new trilogy now, so... Yep. They're and starting 20... with a 26-year-old in high school. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> So there you go. So with that being said, now that, you know, that's a monkey off everybody's back. Now we know who's going to play Peter Parker. Um, Let's talk about some box office numbers. First off, Toy Story 3 raped everything at the box office. It earned $59 million in its second weekend. It's earned $226.5 million in two weeks. It's on pace to become Pixar's highest grossing film to date, um, beating out Finding Nemo from 2003. It had a budget of $200 million. It's already turned the profit. Yeah. Um, number nope. two is gro- Grown Ups with Adam Sandler. Made $41 million. Had a budget of $70 million. Oh. Kids of death. Yep. Tom Cruise at Cameron Diaz's uh, Piece of Shit Night and Day movie uh, came in at third place with $20.5 million. So we guess it was like 120 to make or something, right? Probably, because they don't even grow to list how much it costs to make the movie. Yeah, that was just for the two actors. (laughs) Exactly. The Karate Kid is number four in its third weekend, $15.4 million. It's made $135.5 million. The film had a budget of $40 million. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Guaranteed sequel. Uh, Dropping two spots to number five was the A-Team. It earned $6.1 million. It earned $62.9 million in three weeks. But it had a hundred and ten million dollar budget. Oh Jesus! Exactly. Um, Before I go back to Karate Kid for a quick second, hi, I'm Will Smith's son. <laughs> I make things just like Daddy. Exactly. But 
Before I finish up the top ten, I actually want to give a quick review on the A-Team. I got the opportunity to go see the A-Team recently. Um, I got to admit, very enjoyable flick. Um, stayed very true to the, to the formula of the show. There was a lot of, um, I got to tell you, Rampage's BA was very good. He added a, a unique depth and, 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 street, and street character to, to Baracus as a whole. He was very amusing. There were a lot of great gags with Rampage. Um, from him dressing up as an African with a dashiki on to him them finding innovative ways to get him on the plane, from drugging him to knocking him out to tying him up. Or, you know, there, there was a lot of great sight gags. I got to tell you that his chemistry with Charlto Copley was really good, and Liam Neeson was a fantastic Hannibal. Bradley Cooper playing Face Man was really good because Face Man is a douchebag. So... <laughs> You know, it's not a far stretch for Bradley Cooper. He's good at playing the douchebag. So overall, it was a very solid movie. Had great action sequences. Um, I am I am saddened to see that it didn't make um, what it should have made. I honestly yeah, thought I that, word of, uh, that word of mouth alone would have carried it to at least break even on the budget. Something tells me that they're going to make the money on the back end uh, with uh, direct-to-video release. But I yeah. definitely recommend recommend watching it if you're a fan of a nice, good uh, popcorn action flick. I was going to say, I was hoping on, on the July 4th weekend, maybe it pulls, you know, they, they, they start promoting it again, and out of nowhere it just, you know, makes a killing, because I really hope that it gets a sequel. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what's going to happen, though? It's, it's, it, I, while I admire the fact that you'd like that to happen, there's this thing now called The Last Airbender that will not let that happen. Oh, yeah. True. But I've so, been hearing kind of shitty things about that movie. Yes, I have. All I've heard is um, the guy from Film Drunk said it best. Uh, Avatar, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender is gay Hadouken fighting. <laughs> wow. That, that was wow. his analogy, and that's uh, courtesy of FilmDrunk.com, so you can see what he has to say about that. But um, the stupid thing about it is, like, they say if you go in there not expecting the cartoon, it's a good movie. But how can you go in there not expecting a cartoon when Ang, who it's actually supposed to be pronounced Ang, looks just like the character from the cartoon, and he freaking got everybody who's from the show looking like their animated, you know, counterparts. counterparts. How can you not expect the cartoon? Especially well, when it looks I'll, so dark, too. You know, the, well, the tone I'll tell you of what movie. happened. Well, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. No, you, you can go, man. Cool. Well, what I was going to say was um, when, when we were watching the A-Team, they had a trailer for it. My fiance doesn't know anything about Avatar or The Last Airbender or any of that shit. And she was like, wow, that actually movie looks pretty cool. I'd like to see that. She's like, I wouldn't pay money to go see it in the theater. She's like, but I'd like to see it. It looks pretty cool. So... <laughs> Oh, there they go. They got it. They got the market. There you go. See, sometimes you can throw some flashy shit around and, you know, make it look engaging and add some great cutscenes, and a trailer will do just that. But and you guys thing, know... The trailer, the trailer even shows scenes that are originally from the cartoon, like that whole giant tidal wave he's creating. That was from, like, the freaking season one finale. Right, but you know what it is? when you can go in there and watch that movie without needing the cartoon. See, they were smart. They put the movie out in such a way that you can watch the movie, not know a fucking thing about the cartoon, and yeah. probably enjoy it. 
Oh, yeah, because they're going to go on for a trilogy. That's why. Bingo. So, with that being said, um, Get Him to the Greek was number six. I can't believe that movie's ma- made any money. It made $54.5 million, had a budget of $40 million. I can't even believe it made money. Uh, two spots to number seven, Shrek Forever, $2.9 million. It made 229.3, had a budget of 165. It's successful. Guess uh, what? Prince- be another sequel. Pro- well, no, they're going to do a movie solely on the Puss in Boots character, so. Oh, my God. There you go. That's where the, that's where the next revenue stream is coming from. Uh, the Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, fell to number eight. It made $2.8 million. It's made 86.2 domestically. Um, worldwide, it's made 297.3. It oh, had a budget go. of, it had a hefty budget, though. It had a $200 million budget. Oh, um, Oh, man. So, I'll give a quick mini-review for that. I went to see that um, with my fiancé last weekend. Um, first off, the theater was pretty much practically empty, except for a nice group of girls that were there to see Chesty Jake. Um, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you off the bat, Prince of Persia has to be one of the most closely accurate video game movies I've seen in recent memory. Uh the, the character of Dastan wore pretty much most of the costumes you've seen in pretty much every game. No shit. Most of the weapons that were used, you've seen in some shape, way, or form in a Prince of Persia game, even um, the whip sword that was used by oh. him, you know, as the Dark Prince, was wielded by one of the assassins, which was like sand ninjas that they had, and um, pretty much... That's awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I gotta see this movie now. There was a lot of parkour. There was a lot of jumping and stuff. You know, a lot of parkour was used, which was really cool. Yeah, how was, um, how was that aspect? Was it, like, believable? Yeah, like, there was a lot of video game, like, running and diving off of shit and flipping here. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see a couple of things, like, when he's out running an avalanche, you're going to be like, all right. <laughs> well, why is always going to be, like, a fucking act of nature? Why can't it just be, like, <laughs> just, like, a building's collapsing or fucking, it's like, no, no, i got to run a fucking hurricane or i got to fucking oh, dodge yeah. lava and shit. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's one of the things. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, people complained um, about the, the, the female lead, uh, Gemma Arditon, um, because obviously she's not Persian or Indian or any of that. She is English. Uh, she had, yes, she had a fuckload of bronzer on. So, oh, uh, no, are you serious? So, so that, helped. Oh, that helped. That helped hide her freckles. Um, the fact of the matter is, it was a very enjoyable movie. You know, it was about you know roughly about 90 minutes or so. Really good. I think the most faithful video game movie I've seen in recent memory. Wow. You can probably you can probably catch it in a matinee for six bucks because that's what I did, and it was good. I liked it. I mean, uh, Ben Kingsley was a really good villain. Uh, he played the character of Nizam, which is the brother of the king in the story. Um, like I said, a lot of great effects. A lot of. Uh, Cute, you know, cute, insightful little gags. It's a good kids movie. Um, there's people getting killed, but you know, for a kids movie, it's Disney, so you don't see any blood. A lot of fucking people got stabbed, you know. But the effects for the Sands of Time, which is probably where the bulk of the money went, was really good. Whenever he initiated the dagger, it looked really awesome. So, nice. you know, overall, like I said, very enjoyable, and I feel has to be the most accurate game movie I've seen in recent memory sticking true to the to the overall concept of him trying to protect the sands of time. Oh, fuck, I'll watch it. Jesus, I'm interested now. Yeah, man, it's a solid movie. 
And um, number nine was Killers. I don't know why people paid money for that. Oh, movie. that fucking movie, dude. How the fuck? You know, it, 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 just a little side note. I, it, how the fuck do these movies, like, I know how they get made. It's, it, I guess it's kind of a rhetorical question. Like, I should know better. But Jesus fuck. You know, Ashton fucking Kutcher and fucking Catherine Heigl. Seriously. And Ashton Kutcher is a, like, this, this is the right movie, right? Uh, and he's a fucking yeah. assassin or something. Yeah, he's yeah. an assassin. Yeah, I want to know, because I, I guarantee, Rich, it's like, I, I guarantee that the same motherfucker that was in this boardroom, right, and he was like, listen, I got this fucking movie pitch. It's going to be the greatest movie of all time. Catherine Heigl, Grey's Anatomy, and Knocked Up, and Ashton Kutcher, the faggot from fucking Punked, he's, he's going to be an assassin, okay? And, and she doesn't know he's an assassin because he's clever and fucking whatever, but then it turns out they, they form a dynamic duo and shit. It was the same boardroom that the guy was like, and, and our new product is going to be called the iPad. I guarantee it was the same fucking well, people. Do. Well, I got, a, I got a funny thing that will blow all that out of the movie, out of the water. Isn't there another movie out called Night and Day? Yeah. That's the same shit. And then Mr. and, and Mrs. Smith, fucking X versus Ever, fucking, it's been played out. It's just, oh. but, yeah, it, but the worst, oh, part, the worst part is you got the swarmy guy with the good hair and the blonde chick. That's clueless. Cue Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Cue Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl. It's the same fucking movie. Yeah. How, did, how does it expect to be successful when it's the same shit? Oh, my goodness. It, it, it's the same movie. It, it's the, dude, you watch both trailers and you go, is this the same fucking movie? Dude, I'll, I'll tell you, when the, when the first uh, Killers advertising wave was hitting... Uh, my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah, we, we got to go fucking see that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, first off, I'm going to fucking hang myself because there ain't no fucking way. Or I'm going to call in a bomb threat to the fucking theater because there ain't no fucking way. There's no fucking Jewish guilt you could fucking put on me that's going to make me sit in that fucking seat and uh, watch that fucking movie for its entirety without slitting my wrist. There ain't no fucking way. There ain't no fucking way. Killers, Killers is a 90-minute episode of Punk with Catherine <laughs> Heigl as the lead. <laughs> Catherine Heigl is getting punked for 90 minutes. That's what it was. He punked her into thinking he's a fucking agent when he's just a schlocky actor married to a MILF. He probably, he probably wears a trucker hat through the whole thing, and he keeps shouting at the camera and looking at the wrong camera the whole time, and it's all oh, yeah. black and white and shit. Oh. Well, here's the last, the last one. Jonah Hex dropped oh, the number Jesus. Made, made $1.6 million. It's made $9.1 million total on a $35 million budget. Jesus. Yeah, that's okay. Megan Fox doesn't want to do Transformers anymore. But, yeah. Uh -huh. well, that guy, uh... Keep living, keep living the dream, Megan. Keep living the dream. Yeah, that was, that was a smart decision. Probably doesn't want to get paid anymore. <laughs> and, and you know what? Everybody says that, um... That this guy, uh, Josh Brolin, did a really good job as Jonah Hex. But you got to take into account, you're doing a comic book movie about a Western disfigured guy that look, it's, it's pretty much Two-Face in a cowboy hat. Well, ha have you heard the synopsis? Did you, uh, I, I know in Film Drunk, uh, the guy, he, uh, it's fucking funny. It was probably one of the most funniest fucking articles I've read yeah, in a when while. Yeah, when he He broke down Jonah Hex. Oh, my God. He brings the guy back to, sh to shoot him again or something or uh, to punch him. Uh, and I'm like. Let me tell you. It's, it's absurd. It is, let me tell you. Jonah Hex, as a comic book fan, he, he, he's a cool character in theory. 
I mean, I've never even heard of him. Like, what is it a DC thing or something? Yeah, he's a a DC character. But the fact is that, you know, when you're digging in the crates to make a movie about an undead cowboy, practically, and it's 2010 and you expect this shit to take off, you're on serious drugs. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like we we were talking about on uh, Northeast Wasteland, uh, the, the comment, you know, about Constantine. You know, fucking Jonah Hex gets fucking made. But you can't make a fucking uh, a sequel to fucking Constantine. Seriously, you know that just uh, fucking blows my mind. Well, here's some other great movie news. They're actually working on a stop motion animated version of the Adams Family that's in the early stages of development, and they're saying that Tim Burton is going to direct it. Oh God. Of course. It's going to be based on yeah. It's going to be it's going to be based on the original Charles Adams comics and not the TV show or past movies. Oh, that's interesting. Guess who? Guess who's going to star in it? Johnny Helena Depp. Bo- Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp as Gomez. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter as uh, Morticia Adams. Johnny Depp as Gomez. Yeah, it, it has. No, John, Johnny Depp is going to be the hand. He's going to be. Oh yeah, he's going to be like he's going to do a dramatic portrayal of <laughs> things. It, it really is terrible. In some casting news, Alice Eve who's in She's Out of My League and Sex in the City 2, is going to be playing Emma Frost in X-Men First Class. Yeah. yeah that so that's uh, interesting. Yep. That, yeah, that's too bad the movie won't be interesting. Yeah, yeah, oh, they yeah. Got, What do you guys you think know, of uh, James McAvoy as uh, Professor X? Because I, I don't know. I, like, I, I actually liked Wanted after I watched it for, you know, 20 times, and I was able to, you know, grind my teeth and get through it. Because, you know, as far as a, a comic book adaptation, it was fucking just... I don't even want to fucking... I mean, Fox Fox was a black woman in the comic book. And who did they get to the actress? Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Are you but fucking here, kidding me? Well, here's what happened. Wanted was only wanted in name only. Yeah. That's it. But you know what? It's a great popcorn flick. It's yeah, a exactly. Good reference, it's a good reference Blu-ray. It has a banging-ass soundtrack. Um, the fact of the matter is that sometimes you don't want to stick closely to the source material, especially when it's very niche. And this is one of the few instances where Wanted actually succeeded in not replicating the source material just because they added their own unique spin, but because the characters had such great chemistry. Yeah. It was, it was frustrating, though, you know, because I, I liked the character of Fox a lot in the comic book. And uh, just, I mean, uh, you know, and they did touch upon stuff like the whole uh, reconstructing of them, you know, when they put them in the chair and they just beat the fuck out of them, you know, just to learn, you know, this is life, you know, life hurts, fucking yada, 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 and just break his habits and stuff like that. Like, I dug that, and uh, the action was there, you know, it was definitely, uh, you know, a popcorn flick. But having him as um, Professor X, I I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I can do that. Like, I know it's supposed to be early in his, you know, it's New, new Mutants. Career, it's New but... Mutants, the movie. Ugh. See, I don't know. I don't like the New Mutants. This is a comic book movie. I enjoy it. It's nothing terribly special, but, I mean, the action was pretty good. Um, Wait. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, in terms of casting for, for this X-Men First Class, what happens is, and I'll tell you, it's easier to take younger actors... Yeah, and build a franchise. Right. Then, you know, Hugh Jackman's successful now. You know, he's going to want $30 million for a movie. Halle right. Berry, successful. She's going to want, like, 30 Patrick Stewart, you know, guy's a fucking legend. Ian McKellen, 
you, you know, when you get into that kind of a level where you've got to cake out a lot of money, it's easier to kind of scratch the surface of a younger team, and then you kind of just grow up watching them grow up. Yeah. Well, I, I wish they would kind of go, do like a, um, like a, almost like a, the, the comics themselves, um, like the actual comics, co- comics, the runs, like either the story arcs or the, uh, like the annual specials they would have. I, I kind of hope they're going in that direction. You know, like you're saying, you know, if you have Patrick Stewart and fucking Ian McKellum and shit and uh, whoever the fuck else you have in there that's going to demand a high salary, you know, just do a one-shot film, you know, where it's not a story, you know, it's not in a sequence with anything else. And, you know, but you have the big players in, you know, you have those uh, those people that have made those roles, you know, kind of famous and kind of, uh, you know, you associate it now, you know, when you read the books or when you think about that character. And, uh, you know, and just treat it like an annual kind of thing, you know, like, you know, if they're still alive or, you know, or not doing other projects, you know, every five years, hey, here's a fucking X-Men movie. But then, you know, have these, you know, build up these franchises, you know. Spider-Man I don't like because I think it's too soon and uh, just we don't, I don't think we need another, you know, high school Spider-Man. I think it's fucking stupid. We've already been there, done that, you know. Well, But, I mean, the X-Men, it kind of makes sense because you don't, People who saw, like my girlfriend, she she loved uh, X1, she loved X2, but she has no, she doesn't get, like, the whole Xavier School thing, you know, she right. doesn't understand, like, how, you know, you know, she's like, why is he in a fucking wheelchair, and I'm like, well, there was this guy Lucifer, and all this other shit, and she's like, well, that Lucifer, I'm like, no, no, that's Magneto, and she's like, well, why is he so angry, and I'm like, well, he was in a concentration camp, and this and all that, you know, it, it helps if you have that foundation to start from, but it's too bad yeah. that they're doing it now. Well, I'll tell you where, where the big fault lies. The problem is that Marvel, um, in an effort to get those movies made at the time, you know, started giving these properties out. You know, Sony obviously has Spider-Man. I believe Fox Searchlight has X-Men. So, you know, in order to retain the rights for that, the studio's got to come out with these movies. And Marvel will give their blessing and whatnot. The the only way that these franchises can be successful is that they they have to fall under the Marvel Studios umbrella, and there has to be an acknowledgement. Of, of all of them being in the same universe. And I'll tell exactly. you why. The success hinges on the fact that you can keep the characters valid. Like, say you reboot Spider-Man. If Spider-Man was rebooted in Marvel, and say you did um, an Avengers movie, the Avengers building is in New York. So you can kind of close out the credits, and you can make it you know, where the credits are rolling and as it's rolling, you know, Captain America and Iron Man are talking uh, and Thor and Spider-Man can swing through a window and go, hey, I heard you guys need a little help. <laughs> you know, and shit. Call, exactly. And, and you close it out with that because you need the continuity to keep the universes, at, you know, linear. That way, if you don't make a Spider-Man movie for three years, you can kind of keep the character fresh by saying, hey, man, he popped up in, in Avengers or, yeah. hey, the new Hulk movie, if you see the credits, it shows Hulk running through the wilderness of Canada, and he, you know, he, he runs, Wolverine is riding the motorcycle through the, through the, on the road, and the Hulk jumps over him, and he looks up, and he's like, who's that guy? You know? Yeah. Like, things like that, it helps because it, it breaks up those gaps where if you don't have to make a movie for three or four years, the characters will still stay relevant. You can't do that now because, you know, Sony has Spider-Man, yeah. and you know, Fox Searchlight has X-Men. When, when all those uh, properties leave the studios and fall under the Marvel umbrella, that's when we can, that's when I think they're going to finally figure it all out. 
Yeah, just just like with the Ghost Rider, you know, the the sequel, it, it fell back to Marvel um, because the the first one was obviously so fucking unsuccessful. And I think they're even talking about making a a, a reboot of Daredevil, which you know, yeah. hopefully that happens because you know that fucking movie with Affleck, you know, the fucking the guy, who apparently, you know, according to fucking you know Kevin Smith could play the shark in fucking Jaws four, like. The guy is useless, okay, as far as Daredevil's concerned. He's not fucking Matt Murdock. He's not an action hero. He's retarded. And that well, movie just, it just made Daredevil look like shit, you know? And it didn't even, they had so much to draw upon, man, you know? And then they fucking throw Elektra in, and it's like, let's not talk about the hand or anything important. But here's the Kingpin, which was, I mean, Michael Clark Duncan was fucking, you know, awesome as the fucking pimp slapping fucking Kingpin. But they just, it didn't fucking go anywhere, and it just, kind of lagged, and it was just, it was fucking useless. And then, of course, they adapted the Electra spinoff, which was, you know, that was an that was enjoyment and fucking torture. That was wonderful. Well, here's here's the funny thing. The same rule applies to Daredevil. If it falls under the same level of continuity, it, you know, if it's under the Marvel umbrella, Daredevil is a New York superhero. You know, who's to say, hey, you know, Spider-Man is, is stopping a robbery. And, you know, Daredevil, Daredevil can pop on the fire escape and just be like, this kid has potential. Like, you could just see him, like, you know, you can do an internal monologue. That mm. way you don't even need Ben Affleck there. You could just be like, this kid has potential. Well, I'll that's why I like what they're doing I'll at the watching. end of all these movies, you know, where they, you know, like with Tony Stark rolls up to fucking uh, Edward Norton, and he's like, hey, bitch, I'm putting a team together, you know, fucking, I'm going to pimp your ass out. Or fucking, uh, you know, Nick Fury which uh, I'm glad they went with the Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, I'm glad he signed that huge deal with them to keep reprising that role because Samuel L. Jackson makes every movie better, and uh, he yells a lot, and I dig it. And plus, he's got an eye patch now because he looks more badass. But, you know, he, you know he's pimping out uh, fucking Iron Man, and then Iron Man 2, you know, that recurring thing. And like you're saying, they just need to be more consistent and keep those characters fresh in people's heads so they don't have to resort to, like, oh, we're going to fucking reboot because apparently motherfuckers forgot, you know, the first, you know, eight movies we did. Well, I think I finally realized what's really wrong with a lot of these movies, why it's not not even so much because I always say that, you know, they don't follow the source material because that's part of it. But why is Hollywood so pussy lately? I'm like, I understand that they want to get as many people in seats as possible, but they need to stop this, oh, we can't have an R rating anymore. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, let's go back to the X-Men movie. They touched on it for a second. Wolverine has 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 adamantium skeleton because it was bonded to him by the Canadian government. Magneto ripped that shit out of his body. Oh, man, that was such a great storyline. You can't do that in a PG-13 movie. Right. But here's here's what happened. Because the scene would be horrific. Well, that too. But uh, not to cut you off, and, and, you know, Josh referenced this in conversations, and I think I've referenced this with you as well. The character of Wolverine, when you saw X-Men Origins, uh, 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 and, and you'll agree with this immediately, when Wolverine became Rep Weapon X, and he went on that berserker spree... Oh, yeah. What happened in the comics, Slick? What do you mean? I mean, well, Wolverine... Wait, alpha plate? Ex- ex- the, the key word is he... Killed everybody. Bingo. And Wolverine 
is not a PC character. He is ultra-violent. And to, to, to translate that into PG-13 for the sake of making money ended up watering down the movie. And the Wolverine movie, not, not for nothing, should have been the highest-grossing Marvel movie yeah. ever. And it should have been rated R. It should have been rated R, and people had to accept that. Because they should have said, this is a character. It's like kick-ass. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a character, a group of characters with a highly volatile nature. Wolverine is not Spider-Man. Never has been, never will be. You yeah. want a PG-13 Wolverine? Make him pop up in a Hulk movie. Yeah. That's I mean, it. if you want to, want to continue on that same storyline, I mean, obviously in comics that Wolverine has the adamantium back. But the first person to try to put it back on him was um, Cable's son. Didn't go too well. Wolverine yep. went into a rage, and Cable's son became a stain on the floor. That's right. Literally. I remember that. that. That whole Cable thing in Marvel is fucking, you know, got, you know, luckily they, they kind of tried to fix that, but Cable's fucking bullshit. But uh, I, I'm i sorry, I just uh, Comic shit, just fucking. But you know, look, like uh, like Slick was saying about uh, because I think the arc was Fatal Attractions. I think when uh, they went up to Asteroid M, and uh, um, Magneto was like, "Hey, uh, you got adamantium, huh?" And Wolverine was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna beat your ass." And then Magneto basically ripped that shit out of his fucking body, which apparently hurt a lot, and then put uh, Wolverine into like a coma. And then he woke up. He had the bone claws, which was hysterical because you know you want to talk about like uh, comic tie-ins. At one point. He uh, he jumps the Hulk because he's like just out of his mind, like fucking enraged, and he goes to stab the Hulk, and because the Hulk's thing is not, uh, he regenerates so fast that basically you know it seems as if you're you're not even breaking his skin because it's so tough, and because of the gamma radiation or whatever, Wolverine stabs him in the back of the head, and then his bone claws like shatter, and fucking the Hulk turns and looks at him, he's like, dude, seriously, and then just beats his ass, and it's fuck it's fucking hysterical because then Wolverine just kind of sulks off. And, you know, it's just, you know, adding layers to that character. You know, yeah, he's a homicidal maniac, but, you know, you look at the Frank Miller stuff, you know, when he, or uh, Chris Claremont, when he goes over to uh, Japan and, uh, you know, he learns the, you know, the life of the samurai, he learns the code of honor and stuff like that to win, um, I think it's like Yukio, her heart or whatever. Yep. Like, they, they have they have such a fucking, you know, it, I know it's a play on words, but they have such a fucking library of, like, source material, man. It's just, I don't, like, X-Men 3, I really thought they were going to do Fatal Attractions. Like, not so much Asteroid M, but I thought Magneto was just going to be like, you know, because you saw a hint of it in the first movie, you know, when he's basically uh, bending that shit back, and I'm like, oh, it's going to sting. And, you know, I really thought in the third one he was just going to break his ass. You know, I thought it was going to be like the Empire Strikes Back of the X-Men, where it was just going to be a downer. You know, like, like, uh, Cyclops is dead, which I love how they fucking handle that shit. Alright, you've just heard the end of My Take Radio, episode 49, for Thursday, July 1st, 2010. If you have any questions or concerns, or you'd like to be a guest, you can email me directly at mtrhost at gmail.com. Also, if you are on Facebook, of course, stop by the My Take Radio Facebook fan page. If you're on MySpace, it's myspace.com slash mytakeradio. If you're using Twitter, you can follow my personal account, which is akuma25, A-K-U-M-A, the number 25, or you can follow the My Take Radio Twitter account as well, which is, of course, twitter.com slash mytakeradio. With that said, that's the end of the show. Enjoy the Super Mario Brothers Pipes remix 
from ocremix.org. See you guys next week. Peace.